This is the 12th surah of Qur'an al-Kareem, surah Yusuf. It was revealed prior to the Hijrah, so it is known as a Makki surah, and it was revealed when the Mushrikeen of Makkah Mukarramah were giving Sayyidina Rasulullah sallam, a very difficult time. They were refusing to believe in him, they were opposing him, mocking him, slandering him to be a liar, a magician, a poet, a soothsayer, torturing and oppressing his sahabah, This surah is unique in a few ways. Number one, that the entire story of Nabi Yusuf is to be found in this surah. Whereas the stories of the other Anbiya are scattered across different surahs throughout the Quran. Second is that in most surahs, you will not find one single theme narrative running in the whole surah. In Surah Yusuf salam, the entire story is only about, the entire surah is about the incident and event of Nabi Yusuf salam. You will not find other topics and themes being mentioned here. And the fazila or the virtue and merit of this, Allah Ta'ala Himself will mention in Quran that Allah Ta'ala is called as Ahsan al Qasas. That this is the most virtuous, noble, excellent, beautiful tale, narrative story for humanity. It means that it gives us the best lessons and it also teaches us and guides us how to become Ahsan. So if a person can model themselves after Nabi Yusuf they will become Ahsan, virtuous, noble and true. And this is why Allah mentions certain parts of the stories of the previous Nabiyyin as an aspect of hidayah for us. So no doubt that we have Sayyidina and he is the last and final Prophet and Messenger. However, there were certain things that happened in the lives of the other Prophets that are still hidayah for us. So most famously, because I know all of you would be familiar with the story, when Nabi Yusuf is attempted his the wife of his, the person who took him in his home, attempts to seduce him. So there's a lesson in that. What are you supposed to do in such a situation when a member of the opposite gender tries to seduce you? Now you cannot find, alhamdulillah, you cannot find any example like that from Sayyidina Rasulullah You cannot find what what did Nabi Kareem do when there was a woman who was chasing him, who was after him. Because Sayyidina was protected by Allah Ta'ala and had such a pure seerah that he was even protected from such things. So Nabi Yusuf is also pure, his masum is from the Anbiya. But certain things happened to him. And that's why all these stories of all these other Anbiya are mentioned. Because as this Ummah, we must learn from their stories and their lessons. Now Allah SWT never asked Sayyidina Rasulullah to try to slaughter his baby son. Ibrahim to do that, we have to learn from that story. So there are lessons to be learned even from the stories of the other Nabiheen. I say this to you because you shouldn't think that okay as Muslims this is just a history, this is just a historical narrative. No, no, no. Just like the Sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah has lessons and guidance for us, just like the sunnah of the the sunan, the sunnahs of the different anbiya that Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran or Sayyidina Rasulullah has mentioned in the authentic hadith are also sunnah for us. So when we learn about the story of Nabi Yusuf it is definitely for our own sake and our own benefit. 
So there are in total 111 ayahs of Surah Yusuf. From ayahs 1 to 5, in ayahs 1 to 5, Allah subhanahu wa given introduction and set up, if you will, the narrative of the story of Nabi Yusuf The first part of that setup is in verses 1 to 3, where Allah Ta'ala will mention the Qur'an, the recited revelation as Qur'an al Arabiya. So Allah Ta'ala begins, Alif Lam Ra. These are known as the Huruf Muqatta'at. Muqatta'at because they're Muntate' Qata, they're disjointed, separated from each other. Alif, Lam, Ra. And according to the Rasifun, Ulama Rasifun, no one can truly definitively know what these letters mean. They are different uh, Mufassirun who try to put forth meanings. They were some mystical, esoteric people who tried to come up with meanings. But the truth and reality is, is Allah Ta'ala put these letters in there to humble us. And many times you find them in a surah in which Allah Ta'ala is going to actually give us some knowledge in extreme detail. So right in the beginning it is to humble us, number one, that no doubt Allah Ta'ala will mention extreme details about the story of Nabi Yusuf but still there's so much more about him that only Allah Ta'ala knows he's Al-Aleem. There's only a drop about his magnificent, beautiful character and seerah that will be mentioned here. Second, Al-Islam Ra, to humble us, that not, it's not just about knowing and studying or translating or commenting, but rather we have to be humbled in front of Allah and make dua to Him and ask Him to give us tawfiq, to give us the ability and success to practice Quran, do amal on Quran, and to make our heart like Quran, to give us the hal of Quran. Tilka ayatul kitabil mudin, Allah says that these are the signs of the clear book. Now, ayat means both the verses of revelation, and ayat also means signs. Every ayat of Qur'an, verse of Qur'an is itself a sign of the miracle and of Qur'an, the sign of the wisdom and knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every ayat is a sign of guidance for us. So these are the verses of revelation which contain, these are the verses containing signs of al-kitab, of a scriptural or a book revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-mubin. Mubin means it is clear and mubin also means clarifying. Al-Mubin means to be clear and to clarify. Alright? So, the Qur'an al-Kareem is clear in its meaning and it also clarifies for us what Allah SWT wishes us to do. It clarifies for us the path leading to Allah SWT's pleasure. Now, just so you know about Nabi Yusuf salam, he comes from a line of Anbiya. Obviously, you know, his father, Nabi Yaqub is from the Anbiya, and he's also descendant from Nabi Ibrahim So he comes from a family of Anbiya and Mursaleen. And the other meaning here of Mubin, the rupt here between what happened was that Allah SWT is making it clear to Sayyidina, will make something clear in Surah Yusuf, for Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu which will clarify his place in history, will clarify to him Sallallahu about other prophets who face tests, and will clarify for his Ummah the path of Hayat of Nabi Yusuf Allah says, truly we revealed it, we sent it down as a Qur'an on Arabiya. Qur'an means the recited revelatory scripture, Arabiya in the Arabic language. So that you may understand. 
for Quran Arabiya, Allah Ta'ala revealed Quran in Logatul Quraysh, in the pure, pristine Arabic dialect of the people of Quraysh of Makkah Mukarramah. Over and over, Allah Ta'ala mentions this in Quran to give the people of the Arabian Peninsula a munasabah, a feeling of affinity and closeness to Quran. Second, Allah Ta'ala establishes that you can really, truly, only grasp and understand Quran when you do it in the Arabic language. The Arabic language is the only language that is created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every other single language is created by human beings and evolved over time. The Arabic language was designed and created by Allah ta'ala perfectly in order to express, to encapsulate, encompass and express his perfect scriptural book, Quran al-Karim. What is part of the perfection of the Arabic language? Number one, it will be the language that has the most ability to convey meaning. Now most of us, because we're not deeply enough educated in Arabic, we can't appreciate that. Most of the educated people today, they actually can express themselves better in English. If you ask a student to write the essay in Urdu, he won't be able to do it. He says, I can't even write an undergraduate level essay in Urdu. I need to use English in order if I want to convey that level of depth and meaning. If you ask somebody to write their PhD in Urdu from English-speaking people, they won't be able to do it. They say, in order to have significant, robust meaning, I have to write in Urdu. But even in English, but even deeper than that, the deepest possible reach of meaning, because language is order to express meaning, can be achieved through the Arabic language. Every other language is inferior to Arabic in its ability to convey and express meaning. The second way Arabic is superior is it lang a second aspect of language is it expresses the feelings and emotions of a person. And that's often seen especially in poetry. So whether even as pre-Islamic Arabic poetry or post-Islamic Arabic poetry, the Arabic language has the ability, the greatest ability to express people's feelings and emotions. Feelings and emotions. And this is why uh, the Arab and Nabi Karim Sallallahu said that the Ahlul Jannah from whatever community, linguistic, ethnic, racial they may come from, the Ahlul Jannah will converse in Arabic. They will think in Arabic. They will talk to Allah Ta'ala in Arabic. Allah Ta'ala will speak to them in Arabic. They will speak to each other in Arabic. They will speak to Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Inshallah, Inshallah, and all of this in Arabic. Why? Because Jannah is a place of joy and ecstasy and happiness. And the greatest happiness can be given to a heart when it expresses itself in the Arabic language. Here then now, in verse number 3, Allah Ta'ala will mention this story. نَحْنُ نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ أَحْسَنَ الْقَصَصِ بِمَا أَوْحِنَا إِلَيْكَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ وَإِن كُنْتَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ لَمِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ Allah says, indeed, we narrate to you the best ahsan, the best, most virtuous, most beautiful, most excellent qasas of all narratives and stories by means of that which we have revealed upon you, yani in, in this Hadul Quran, by means of this Quran, even though although prior to this revelation you were entire you were from those who were entirely unaware and did not know about the story of Nabi Yusuf salam. So the story is Asan. Another meaning is that Nabi Yusuf had the most husan, had the most beauty from the Anbiya. And the third meaning is that by being Asan, it is the story, the single most story, the single story that can most bring a person to Asan, which is virtuous, noble, excellent, beautiful, 
behavior. So in these three verses, Allah Ta'ala set up the introduction. In verses 4 to 6, Allah Ta'ala will mention the dream of Nabi Yusuf which then will ultimately be realized at the end of the story mentioned at the end of the surah. إِذْ قَالَ يُوسُفُ لِأَبِيهِ يَا أَبَتِ إِنِّي رَأَيْتُ أَحَدَ أَشَرَ كَوْكَبًا وَالشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ رَأَيْتُهُمْ لِسَاجِدِينَ so remember and recall that time when Nabi Yusuf salam, he said to his father that, Oh my father, indeed I have seen eleven stars and the sun and the moon and I saw all of them doing sajda prostrating to me. Now when we're going to learn shortly that when Nabi Yusuf salam, was a young boy at this time, so he had this very vivid dream. And in dreams, normally, the language of dreams is imagery. So he had a dream with this image in which he saw these 11 stars and the sun and moon and they were doing sujood, sajda to him. He was probably in 10, 12, 14 years old when he saw this dream. So the first thing we learn is he went to his father. The first lesson here is that either because he was his father or because he knew that his father Yaqub was a Nabi so as his Ummati, as his Sahabi, he went and told his Nabi so to share it with some elder whether that be your Nabi or that be your father or that be some other type of religious elder second lesson is that he addresses his father as Ya Abati so this would be translated in English as Oh my dear and beloved my dear and honored and respected and honorable father. So this is a way in Arabic language to call upon the father with love and respect. So this is a teaching also for this ummah, like you say in Urdu, Abbajan, right? As opposed to just saying Abu. So there's some words we add in our language to increase the honor, love and respect. So this is two, three lessons from verse number four. So Nabi Yaqub responded to his son, Allah. Ya Bunaya, la taksus ro'yaka ala ifwatik That, O oh, my dear beloved son, e meriputar, do not narrate this dream of yours to your brothers. Fayyabidu laka keda, lest they plot and connive some scheme against you. Inna shaitan al-insani adubum mubin, indeed, verily, shaitan is an evident, clear, open, manifest enemy to all of humanity, to all people. So the lessons we get here, number one, the same thing, that parents should address their children with love, ya bunayya. Then what happened was that Nabi Yaqub being a Nabi, he understood to some level the ta'bir or the understanding of this dream. And this dream indicated some level of Greatness will be granted to Nabi Yusuf hence the 11 stars and sun and moon are going to do sajda to him. And he also knew that the other brothers may feel jealous about that. So what happened here was that Nabi Yaqub had his first wife and from her he had 10 sons. Then his first wife passed away, died, and then he married again. And then his second wife had two sons. Yusuf and then bin Yamin. So these were his younger, youngest sons from his subsequent second wife. Now as it happens, many times the sons of the first wife will be closer to their full brothers and they may be less close to their half-brothers. Or they might feel envious or upset that why did my father remarry and why is he showing so much love for his uh, new sons from his 
new wives. Alright? Here, when Nabi Yaqub told Yusuf not to reveal and share this dream, it also realizes that we learn a lesson from this that a person should not unnecessarily mention a bounty and blessing that Allah Ta'ala has given them to others. Some people in Urdu, they like to take this Arabic phrase, Tahdith bin Ni'mah, that you should go and tell others. This is only for a reason. And you must be very careful that you're not doing out of pride, out of boasting, to show off, out of arrogance for display. And the safer, more precautionary, muhtaat course of action is not to reveal without any shari, deen-i, ukhrawi benefit or purpose or reason any bounty and blessing that Allah subhanahu wa may have bestowed upon a person. This can be number one, out of humility. Number two, just simply to keep a low profile. And number three, like we said, to save a person from the evil of the envier when they envy. As you know, Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, إِذَا مِنْ شَرِّ حَاسِدٍ إِذَا حَسَدٍ So, the hasid, إِذَا حَسَدٍ The moment he feels envy, a shar, an evil is created. And this is such a big evil that refuge may only be sought with Allah Ta'ala from the evil of envy. So better to remain low profile. Alright, and you will see Allah subhanahu wa has tested the anbiya in this way that many times their siblings feel envy from them, for them. This began right in the first Nabi Sayyidina Adam when Qabil sent hasad and envy for his brother Habib. So this is a way Allah has tried and tested both the anbiya and the sons of the anbiya. Both the Anbiya and the sons of the Anbiya, in this case, Nabi Yusuf And the last lesson from this verse, verse number 5, is that where does this enmity and envy arise? It arises due to shaitan. The shaitan is aduvu mubin, he is the evident manifest enemy. And one way he is the enemy to insan is he tries to put enmity between the hearts of people especially when they have some relation with each other. They may be brothers, they may be family, they may be fellow mu'mineen, they may be classmates, they may be friends, they may be class friends from school, friends in deen, classmates in deen. Shaitan tries to put the feeling of enmity between the hearts of people. Then right. uh, the last part, verse 6, if I told you this introduction, uh, وَكَذَلَكَ يَجْتَبِيكَ رَبُّكَ And thus did your Rabb, yani Nabi Yaqub is talking to his son, that oh, thus does your Rabb, yani Allah SWT, he has selected you, Yusuf A.S. وَيُؤَذْنُكَ مِنْ تَعْوِيدَ الْأَحَدِيثِ And he will teach you, Yusuf A.S., the interpretations and narrations, dreams and events. وَيُتِمُّ نِعْمَتُهُ عَلَيْكَ and thereby Allah Ta'ala will complete, He will complete and fulfill His ni'mah, His divine favor and bounty and blessing upon you, Yusuf Yaqub, And thus He will complete it on the house, progeny, family of Nabi Yaqub The same, in the same way that Allah Ta'ala fulfilled and completed His bounty and blessing on your forefathers and forefathers and ancestors, Yusuf Min Kablu from before, who was that Ibrahim wa Ishaq, Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam, Nabi Ishaq alayhi salam. 
Indeed, your Rabb know, O Yusuf indeed that your Rabb is all-knowing and all-wise. Okay, what it means is that the completion of the Ni'mah here is that it's natural that when parents are pious, virtuous, mutti, salihin, they want their children and sons to be the pious, virtuous, mutti, and salihin. Alright? So, and if a Nabi, he wanted his son to be a Nabi. And he knew that Allah Ta'ala had sent this favor on Anbiya before. Allah Ta'ala made Ibrahim Alayhi sons from the Anbiya. Nabi Saq Alayhi Nabi Ismail Alayhi Though Nabi Yaqub Alayhi interpreted the dream and understood this much that the nur of Nabuwa will be gifted to Nabi Yusuf Alayhi and therefore he will be made a Nabi. And then Allah Ta'ala will fulfill and complete his blessing on me, Allah Yaqub, the same way Allah Ta'ala fulfilled it on Nabi Ibrahim Alayhi a general lesson for us is number one, that parents should want that their children should be from the Salihin Muttaqeen Mu'minin. Salihin Muttaqeen Mu'minin. And it's not just enough to make our children Hafiz. That means the child is from Hufaz, those who have memorized the words of Quran. But then it's still open, there might be a Salih Hafiz, there may be a Ghair Salih Hafiz. The Salihin Muttaqeen, they will go to Jannah for sure. A non-muttaqeen, non-saleh hafiz, Allah Ta'ala knows best. Certainly we hope that because he has memorized Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala will do qadr of that and during his lifetime make him from the saleh muttaqeen. Or if nothing else on the Day of Judgment, Allah Ta'ala will send his rahmah and mercy on him. But the real kicker for parents is that I want my children to be from the salihin, muttaqeen. They should have deen, taqwa, ilm, sunnah, ayah, etc. Second is that what is going to increase the chance that our children get these attributes is if we get these attributes ourselves. You see, Nabi Yaqub himself was from the Nabiyeen, Sadiqeen, Salihin. And same for Nabi Ibrahim Islam, and Allah Ta'ala made these Anbiya all from the Ali Ibrahim right down to and including Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this was uh, verses 1 to 6 was the introduction to the story. 1 to 3 Allah Ta'ala mentioned the Arabic recited Quran and verses 4 to 6 Allah Ta'ala mentioned the dream and the initial conversation that took place between Nabi Yusuf and his father Nabi Yaqub Then the next section is from verses 7 to 18. Next section is from verses 7 to 18. This will be the mention of how the brothers of Nabi Yusuf will conspire against him and ultimately abandon him in the well. That indeed in the incident and story and narrative of Nabi Yusuf and his brothers, what happened between him and his brothers are indeed signs for the inquiring seekers. Now what does it mean? So one notion is that Allah Ta'ala has put ayat here for the mushrikeen, such as the mushrikeen of Makkah Mukarramah are making Sayyidina Rasulullah leave Makkah Mukarramah, just like the brothers made Nabi Yusuf leave their place. But ultimately, Nabi Yusuf was granted victory, fatah, over the brothers. Just like that, ultimately, Sayyidina Rasulullah will be driven out and expelled as Makkah Mukarramah. And that will be a trial for him. But eventually, he will return and have Fatimakkah. 
then you will see that at the end of the story, the brothers of Yusuf will patch will have conciliation, will seek forgiveness of Nabi Yusuf and he will forgive them. Just like that, the Mushrikeen of Makkah Mukarramah will accept their faults and seek forgiveness of Nabi Akareem Sallallahu There will be conciliation. Many of their leaders will even accept Deen of Islam, Ikrama bin Abi Jahl, or Hinda herself, Washi. So many of them, Khalid bin Walid, will later on accept Deen of Islam. Alright, just like the brothers will ultimately, finally, accept Yusuf Islam as a Nabi. إِذْ قَالُوا لَيُوسُفُ وَأَخُوهُ أَحَمُّ إِلَىٰ أَبِيْنَا مِنَّا وَنَحْنُ أُصْبَىٰ So when the brothers used to say that indeed Yusuf and his brother Yani bin Yameen are more beloved, more dear than us to our father even though وَنَحْنُ أُصْبَىٰ or even while we are أُصْبَىٰ we are a group means there are ten of us and there are two of them there are ten of us and there are two of them, but even though we're ten, our father still has more love for the two of them. So their feeling about this was, what? Indeed, they said, surely, surely our father is in evident error, is in manifestly wrong. So they felt their father was wrong. So this is the, this is the indication of hasad. Alright? Now... Uh, why did Nabi Yaqub love these two more? So love is based on sifat. Love is based on sifat. So Nabi Yusuf and bin Yameen had better sifat, better character, better attributes. They were better persons, they were better people than the other ten brothers. That's why their father loved these two more. And obviously, of the two, Nabi Yusuf was was has so pure, was so much from the Sadiqeen and Salihin that he was going to become a Nabi, a prophet from Allah subhanahu wa But what do we learn from this? That when there is excessive love, then sometimes Allah Ta'ala tries a person, takes intihan in their love and of their love. The Nabi Yaqub is going to be tested. That if you love Yusuf so much, you will be tested with being separated from him. You will be tested by not knowing what happened to him. Allah will test this love. Alright? Uh, just like uh, Nabi Adam Laysam had a lot of love for his son Habil, and Nabi Adam was tested. Oh, Nuh Laysam had love for his son, he was tested. Sayyidina Rasulullah had love for his infant baby sons, Qasim Ibrahim, but he was tested that Allah made them die in infancy while they were babies. Alright? So, what some of the ulama Mufassir mentioned here is that all love for makhluk, any and all love between makhluk would be tested. It's only the love that a person has for their khalik that would be untested. It means there will be some setback, some adversity. It might be between spouses, husband and wife. It might be between parents and children, father, mother, daughter, son. It might be between other types of relatives. Might be beyond relatives, any other love you have, teacher, student love, neighbor, neighbor love, old friend love, any love that is between makhluk will be tested and tried. What will be the test? The test will be simply this Do you love Allah Ta'ala more? That's the test. There's nothing else to test. The only test of love from makhluk will be this to make sure that we love Khalik Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala more. That would be the test. And during that test, how will we show that we love Allah Ta'ala more? You will see that what Nabi Yaqub will do, that is called sabr, sabrun jameel. 
to have beautiful patience, to have tawakkul, to have reliance, trust, and dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Khair, so after the brothers, the brothers were conspiring amongst each other, with each other, saying that, oh, our father loves those two better than us, even though we are a group, our father is an evident heir. Then verses, uh, verse number nine. Oktulu so then, one of them said, Kill Yusuf Aladan, Or cast him far away in a distant land. Cast him out means exile him. Cast him out to some far away distant land. Why? Because if you did that, Literally means now you all, the ten of you, will remain alone to get the entire concern, attention, favor, love of your father. And after you do that, after you do that, then become righteous people. Then become salihin. Alright? So this is the first mistake that people make, that they intend to make do a sin, and they think, I'll become good afterwards. I'll do one last sin, one time, first time, one more time, one last time, and after that I'll become on my best behavior. This is a delusion from shaitan. This is a deception of the nafs. There's no notion of doing deliberate sin like that and then thinking that you can automatically become from the Salihin. We also realize the level of hasad here. The hasad can bring a person to murder. Like I told you, Kabil actually killed Habib. So the brothers of Yusuf first they were thinking, let's kill him. Or if we can't kill him, which is also a terrible thing to do to a young boy, let's take him and cast him out, exile him, send him some far away. Send them far away. Why? All of this just so they could get that exclusive attention and devotion from their father. Alright. So then when they said this, then one of them, uh, that one of them spoke up. And he said, La taqtulu Yusufa. That don't kill him. Alright? Don't slay him. Don't murder him. What should you do then? That you cast him down to the bottommost depth of the well and perhaps a car where some caravan might pick him up. In kuntum fa'ilin, if indeed you are truly determined to act and do something. Now who is that ka'il? Some say it was one of the brothers of one of those ten. And within that, it suggested that it was the eldest of the ten, because in the end of the surah, again, the eldest of the ten will speak up. Others say that maybe all eleven of them were there and it was Binyamin. But that's unlikely, but they would have conspired against Nabi Yusuf with Binyamin. And Binyamin was even younger than Nabi Yusuf Unlikely he could have spoken out against such ten elder brothers of his. So likely it was the eldest one of them. So he spoke out, so perhaps because he was the eldest, he was a bit more mature, a bit more wise, a bit more sane. And because he was the eldest, the other nine of the ten listened to him. So what we realize is that hasad is such an intense thing that, okay, if you can't kill the person, then what the next thing is to remove him. Like some people say, I wish I could wipe them off the face of this earth. I wish they didn't exist. I wish somehow they would just leave the job. I wish they would just leave the company. I wish they weren't around. I wish I never had to see them. This is what they're thinking. So then the eldest brother realized this is what they're thinking. I can give them a third way. They can attain this objective of hasan. 
not through murder, not through casting him out to some foreign land, we'll just drop him in a well, and some caravan which is passing by will pick him up. Allah if they thought the caravan would pick him up in a nice way and take him as an orphan, or they realized that caravan passing by meant that he would be enslaved. Here. So then from verses 11 to verses 14 comes the converse. So this first part, uh, verses uh, 7 to 10, where the brothers conspiring with each other. Then 11 to 14 is the brothers will go and have a conversation with their father, Nabi Yaqub that all of them went and said all together that, Oh, our father, what is it? What is it about you? What ails you that you don't trust us with Nabi Yusuf, with Yusuf al-Islam? All the while when we truly mean him well, the Nazir, we are well-wishers. We are well-wishers. Why don't you trust us with him? Why don't you send him, meaning Nabi Yusuf al-Islam, with us tomorrow? We will frolic and roam about and when we will play. And we will all the while, surely indeed, we will be watchful guardians, we will be his keepers. We will be his keepers, Hafizun. Allah, Nabi Yaqub responds to his sons, Inni bihi. That no, no, no. What he says, he says that surely it gives me sorrow, huzun. It gives me sorrow, trepidation. It grieves me that you should go off with him. And And I also fear that the wolf may eat him. While you are not minding him, you are heedless of minding him. You are not his guardian keepers. So all of them, then they responded. That indeed were the wolf to eat Yusuf usba, all the while that there is a group of ten of us present, then indeed we would be surely we would surely be complete losers were we to let that happen. So now you see in verses eleven to fourteen, the Hasidin they got strength from each other. And when people conspire with one another as a group, they get further bolded. And then they did the second sin, which was a lie. So first they had Hassan, now they engage with a lie. And who do they tell that lie to? The Nabi, the Nabi. Not just their father, but a Nabi, Sayyidina Yaqub And so they went to him, and the way they tell this lie is also amazing. They present themselves that we are Nasihun, Hafizun, we are as well-wishers, we will be as keepers, we will be as guardians. So not only do they lie, they engage in absolute, complete fraud. They present themselves to be completely the opposite of what they are. So what we learn from this also is this is the intense of Hasan. The Hasan, after his plotting, when he comes at carrying out whatever he plots, he will present himself completely the opposite of what he is. He will present himself as your well-wisher, as your friend. And where did he get this sabak from? From the greatest Hasid Iblis. And when Iblis had Hasid for Nabi Adil Islam, he presented himself as Nabi Adil's greatest giver of Nasiha. And he told him, oh no, you should eat from the fruit of the tree. Why? Because if you eat from the fruit of the tree, you will get to live in Jannah forever. And I'm only telling you this because I have your best interests at heart. Alright, I have your best interest at heart. So, same way, uh, this is the way the Hasidin operate. So, this is what we sometimes call a Dajjal. This is their absolute 
level of fraud. Alright, why did Nabi Yaqub have this fear of the wolf? Now you also see the Hasidin are constantly looking for additional information that they can use. And this wasn't part of their own plan. But when their father Nabi Yaqub expressed this fear to them, so they thought, okay, we will make his worst fears come true. We will make his worst fears come true. Alright, so now verse 15, they do the deed and they cast him in the land. So indeed when they went out, went away with Nabi Yusuf And they all gathered against him, they all ganged up against him to cast him down, to place him and throw him down in the bottommost depths of the well. So they did it. Wa'ahina ilayhi. So then Allah Ta'ala says that we, Allah Ta'ala, we sent our wa'i, our revelation to him. So first, he got a dream from Allah Ta'ala. Now he gets kalam from Allah. No, first he gets a dream from Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Now he will get kalam from Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Not kitab, yet. First he got dream from Allah Ta'ala. Now he gets kalam. Kalam, just speech, not kitab, not scripture revelation. Kalam from Allah Subhanahu Surely, definitely, there will come a time that you will inform them of this affair, this matter, this business of theirs that they did with you. But they won't realize it. You will be totally unaware. Alright? Now, obviously, uh, you can see that in this part of the story, Allah is going very fast. Just within one ayat, they went, they dropped him on the well. What's not mentioned here, what's not mentioned here is how they must have physically caught Yusuf how he was probably yelling, oh my brothers, what are you doing to me? How they tossed him over the well, he must have looked down, he must have gotten scared. How Nabi Yusuf must have grabbed onto something, most likely maybe the rope that was used to draw water from the bucket from the well and saved himself from hurting himself, falling himself. What's not mentioned here is they took his shirt off because it's coming later that they come back with a shirt, so they stripped him of his shirt. So what's not mentioned here, he was shivering in that well because he didn't have a shirt. What's not mentioned here, it must have been dark because this was prior to electricity. And how many days and nights he spent in that well. And imagine a young boy spending Allah knows best how many days and nights in a pitch black, dark, bottom pit of the well. Without your shirt, you're feeling cold and you're shivering. And then the emotional sadness that my own brother did this to me. My own brothers hate me so much. My own brothers cast me down. Allah Akbar. So as a consolation for that, Allah Ta'ala sent this wahi on Nabi Yusuf Alayhi's heart. Allah Ta'ala sent his kalam on Nabi Yusuf Alayhi's heart. So all of that sadness and betrayal and opposition and family betrayal on one side, and Allah Ta'ala's one sentence of the salli, Allah Ta'ala's one sentence of yuteen. Now what happens for us, now none of us are going to get kalam from Allah Ta'ala, but the lesson for us is whenever we are in any difficult situation, you pick up Quran, you pick up Quran, because kalam is kitabullah for us, you read, man yatawakkal alallahi hasbuhu, you read one line, that whomsoever does tawakkal Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will be sufficient for them. One line from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is enough to console our heart in the most deep sorrow and sadness. And alhamdulillah, Yusuf alayhi wa sallam at that moment got one line, mean you have entire Quran. 
We have entire kitab Allah. Oh, how many lines do we have? Oh, there are hundreds and hundreds of lines in which Allah Ta'ala offers that consolation to the mu'mini. So we should have that feeling whenever we're in a state of difficulty to reflect and as you read and recite Quran, especially in Ramadan, you should mark out some ayat and there are even many right here in Surah Yusuf that when you're in difficult times, you will read that ayah and that ayah will give you tasalli, will give you solace and comfort in your heart. Khair, so... Next is verses 16 to 18. Brothers return to the father and then have their conversation with him. So then they came to their father, Ishan, at nightfall, coming back from their expedition. Yabhu, crying. Hmm? What does it mean? Weeping. It means fake crying. But in English we call crocodile tears. So that is also the incredible ability of the liar. This is a height of lying. To fake emotions and to fake tears. To fake emotions and to fake tears. Kaldu. So they all together proclaim to their father. Ya abana inna zahabna. That oh our father we went away. Nas. Nastabiku. And we went away racing and competing with one, one another. Watarakna Yusufa inda mata'ina. And we left Nabi Yusuf with our belongings and our stuff. And the wolf ate him exactly what you feared. Well, okay, so then they tell this lie. Then they go even further. And you, you will not and would not and would never believe us and won't believe us, even though we are telling the truth. Even though we are the truthful. It's even more than even though we are uh, sadiqeen, we are from amongst the truthful. So this is the way they couch their lies. And you know, the men know, I mean, you know, obviously no man or woman should do this. But some people, Allah don't want to offend them, but some people might suggest that it might be easier for a woman to shed fake tears. Certainly we as the men know, it's very hard to shed a fake tear. It's not easy. Fake crying is not an easy thing to do, right? And these ten brothers of Yusuf Laysan, they were able to do it. What made them do it? It shows that evil and envy and enmity and hatred are such strong emotions. They can motivate a person to do things that are almost incredible. Almost incredible because of the strength of that emotion. Now, why were they doing it? Because they were, try, they were crying to melt the heart of their father, to soften the heart of their father towards them. Right? And that is true. If a person cries true tears, it does soften the other party. And this is most true when it comes to Allah When the sinner truly sheds tears due to the remorse and shame over their sin, when the sinner truly sincerely sheds tears and is far and toba to Allah it softens and increases the mercy and forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright? Alright. Then, وَجَاءُوا عَلَىٰ قَمِيسِهِ بِدَمٍ And then they brought forth his shirt, the shirt of Nabi Yusuf al-Islam, stained with fake blood, false blood. قَالَ So Nabi Yaqub al-Islam, when he saw that, he said no. That no, this is something that you yourselves contrived. And cells or anfus can also be, this is something that your nafs, all of your inner desires, your nafus, your nafs that has envy, contrived to do. 
and me fasamrun jameel. Rather, I will adopt beautiful patience, virtuous patience, noble and excellent patience. And Allah spells the being in whom aid and help will be sought against that which you describe to have happened. That which you describe, that which you assert took place. Alright, so what we learned from this is that, number one, is that when you are confronted with something that you don't understand, Nabi Yaqub you wasn't true, but he didn't understand exactly what really happened. So you don't react, you don't overreact, you don't instantly react. Sabrun Jamil, you must have sabr. Second is that when you receive bad news, so for a father this is bad news, that a wolf ate your son, you should have sabr. Sabrun Jamil, you should always be beautifully patient towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the other lesson here was obviously that all help should be sought from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You must turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in dua, in salah, in istighfar, in tawbah, in following more of your deen, more of the sunnah of Nabi Akram. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then in verses 19 to 20, it goes back to Nabi Yusuf alayhi salam and it mentions the enslavement and the coming of the caravan, discovery of Yusuf alayhi in the well, and then the enslavement and then selling of Nabi Yusuf alayhi and surely came, and then came a caravan, caravan of traders that used to go on these paths. And then they sent their water carrier to the well. And he lowered down his bucket into the well. And then he proclaimed, Ya Oh, what a wonderful thing. Look at this young chap. What good news. Here is a young boy. And then they concealed him as part of their merchandise, as part of their trading goods. And Allah was all-knowing of everything that they did. Then later on they sold him for a very minor sum, darahima ma'duda, a few silver coins. Dirham was the silver coins. Wakanu fihi minazahideen. And regarding Yusuf alayhisam, they were amongst the people who thought him to be of little worth, of little value. Alright. Now, like I told you, we don't know after how many days they found him. Now imagine now again, at the first instant of Yusuf alayhisam, he was so happy to hear the voice of someone, to hear a human being. He'll be so happy when they take him out of the well. Allah knows his condition, how many days and nights he may have gone without food, or Allah Ta'ala knows best. Maybe Allah was providing for him, like he provided for Sayyidina Maryam. Allah Ta'ala knows best what his condition was. But certainly his happiness at being discovered and apparently rescued from the well was completely crushed when he realized that these are slavers and they've chosen to enslave me. They've chosen to enslave me. The Nabi Yusuf was made into a slave and then he was sold for just a small amount. Just a small amount. Alright. Now the question is, that why was he sold for such a small amount? So the rational answer would be, well, it was smuggled goods. Right? Maybe the person who was purchasing was asking, well, where did you get this slave from? And they couldn't really say. That could be one answer. Right? Second, what Allah Ta'ala mentioned, though, is that they viewed him to be little worth, little value. What does that mean? They didn't realize the incredible personality that they had discovered and enslaved. And some of the ulama also mentioned that 
outwardly, Nabi Yusuf he was very thin because he was young and he had been in that well for who knows how long. So as far as slaves go, he wasn't adult, male, strong, he could do manual labor or seem to have any capabilities or skills or talents, honor, that you could charge a high price for him. So they based him on his outward ability and skill. And because they didn't see any, they viewed him to be of little worth. But Allah Ta'ala knows his true worth because Allah Ta'ala looked at his batin. So the lesson here is that the worth is in a person's batin and not in their outward. Notwithstanding that, Nabi Yusuf obviously outwardly was very handsome, but he didn't have any outward skills. Some mention his outward handsomeness itself. That Allah wanted to give a lesson that even if you have outward beauty, even if you have outward beauty, it's just worth a few dirahim, a few silver coins. Alright. Now verses 21 to 22 is his purchase and settlement in the house of the leader of Egypt. There are different views, by, by the way, about this person. Uh, is the person the king of Egypt, like one of the pharaohs? Is the person just a high-ranking official in Egypt? Uh, different people have had different views. Uh, because even the biblical narrative, uh, biblical, if you want to take the biblical narrative, it mentions another ruler of Egypt whose name was Potiphar. Alright. Here. So the person, the man from Egypt who had purchased him, he went and he said to his wife, Akrami Matwahu, that you should make a very honorable abode for him. You should settle him with us in our home in a very honorable, respectable way. Alright? You should accommodate him in an honorable way. Perhaps he may be of some benefit to us. Or maybe we will take use him as an adopted son. And Allah says, thus did we establish, Nabi Yusuf established and settle him in the land. In order that we may teach him the interpretation of events and dreams. And Allah is master and he prevails over all of his matter and affair. However, the vast majority of people will never know, will never realize. Alright. Then, So this is why I told you he was a young man, young boy, when all of these things happened. What would this age be? Some say here is meant the age of 20, when he reached the age of 20. So 20 is viewed by some scholars as the prime of youth, the maximum of this physical development and intellectual development and the beginning of that prime, and that prime lasts until 40. Alright? Either way, when he attained and reached the prime of his maturity, Allah tells us we bestowed upon him wisdom and knowledge. Thus do we reward those who are virtuous in their deeds. Alright. Here, hukum uh, and ilm. Uh, here people understand that this ulama understand that this means nabuwa. 
that he was granted the Nabuwa, prophethood, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and by the nur of Nabuwa, he now had wisdom and knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He had wisdom and knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright. So the person, the people who purchased him are obviously soft-hearted people, right? Uh, and this is, you know, you can both, uh, the father was soft-hearted. You can contrast this when uh, Fir'aun and his wife Asiya, they found baby Musa salam. In that case, the mother was soft-hearted and the father had some evil in him. Here it's going to be the other way around. The father is a very noble, soft-hearted character and his wife, uh, sorry, the man is a noble, soft-hearted character and the wife has some uh, evil in it, all right? And the difference is stark between, say, the Asiya Radhanna and this woman. And Asiya Radhanna, she met baby Musa Musa as a baby. So she looked upon him first with a motherly gaze. And Nabi Yusuf was probably 16, 17, few years shy of this prime age of 20 when this woman first looked at him. So she looked at him not first with a motherly gaze, but rather with a womanly gaze. Rather with a womanly gaze. What does this tell us? This tells us that the way you look at someone and the intention with which you look at that person will determine whether your feelings for them will be pure and chaste or whether your feelings for them will be impure, immodest, shameful, and lustful. Right? Uh, that is why in our deen, Sharia, Quran, Kareem, Allah Ta'ala mentioned that you should safest is just lower your gaze. Safest is lower your gaze. Allah didn't say purify your gaze. Allah said didn't look, but look with a pure intention. No, Allah didn't say that. It's amazing, but people try to say that. People themselves try to say that. So notice, hey, nee, too many band ki tarah. Allah Ta'ala determine who is sister and who is not. Right? What it means is I want to look, and I can look, but I, look, I, I purified my intention. Allah Ta'ala didn't say that. He said, don't look. Lower your gaze, avert your gaze, and obviously, keep purifying your feelings and intentions. So even you're seeing in this case, uh, uh, this, this can lead to uh, incorrect matters. Here, Allah Ta'ala mentioned that he's ghalib. Ghalib, so that is a general meaning which he translated for you, specifically for the story of Nabi Yusuf, Allah is Ghalib, meaning the brothers wanted to abandon Yusuf Allah Ta'ala wants to settle Yusuf Allah Ta'ala be Ghalib. The brothers want that Yusuf should become Zalil, Allah Ta'ala wants to give him Izzat, Allah Ta'ala will become Ghalib. So whatever people plot and plan, and then you can derive from the general concept, all Hasidin, all the plotting and conniving and scheming and doings of the Hasidin, Allah Ta'ala will be Ghalib. Like Allah Ta'ala says, wa makaruhumma makarullah, that they plan, plot, connive, conspire and scheme and Allah Ta'ala also decides his decree. And Allah Ta'ala is the best khairul makareen, the best of those. Means the best is that his will, will, his will will prevail. Alright? Khair, now what happens is the very famous verses 23 and 24, which is going to be the attempted seduction and desire of the woman in the house. That she in whose house he was, she in whose house Nabi Yusuf was, she tried to seduce him against his will. This is the proper way to translate it from himself against his will. She closed and locked the doors. 
وقالت and then she said to him hey talak that come come to me come to me so he Nabi Yusuf salam he responded how did he respond he responded with a response worth writing in blood and gold قال معاذ الله no 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 I seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from your advances why إِنَّهُ رَبِّي أَحْسَنَ مَثْوَايَ So the more proper translation is that for He is Mahi Allah is surely my Rabb and He has settled me in the best and noble of manners. Right? He settled me in the most beautiful Ahsana, in the most beautiful way. Means Allah Ta'ala has put me here and I cannot do khiyana. Allah Ta'ala put me here and made me your adopted son or manservant or however it might be. I cannot do khiyana. Some translators translate this, talking about the official or king from Misr, that oh, he is my master and he's been so kind to me, how can I betray him by agreeing to be seduced by his wife? Indeed, the wrongdoers will never ever succeed, they will never get talah, they will never get success, and they will never prosper. Alright, so the first lesson we hear from this. Learn from this is that whenever a member from the opposite gender tries to seduce us lustfully, romantically, and if, no matter how willing they may be to engage in that sin, we must seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We must seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether they are trying to be lustful to us in person or on the phone or send us a romantic love, lust letter, ma'azallah, ma'azallah. Seek refuge in Allah Subhanahu Seek refuge in Allah Subhanahu And we should also be loyal to Allah Subhanahu We should be loyal to Allah Subhanahu Alright. So the second verse of this passage. وَلَكَدْ حَمَّتْ بِهِ وَحَمَّتْ بِهَا لَوْلَا أَنْ رَأَى بُرْحَانُ لَبِّهِ وَلَكَدْ حَمَّتْ بِهِ And surely, definitely, she desired him. She did desire him. And he may have inclined to her also were it not that he had seen a proof, he had not seen a burhan, a clear proof from his rub. Alright, what does it mean? It means here, what is the clear proof from his rub burhan? That was the nabuwa that Allah Ta'ala had bestowed upon him. So it means that if he was not a Nabi, he would have inclined towards her. He would have inclined towards her had he not been a Nabi. So because why? The Anbiya and Mursaleen alayhim salam ajma'in are ma'asum. Ma'asum is called Ismat al-Anbiya. It means they are purified by Allah Ta'ala. They are absolutely pure and chaste and free from feeling any lustful desire for their mahra. And they are absolutely pure and free, purified by Allah Ta'ala through His bestowal of the nur of Nabuwa in them of committing and desiring any sin whatsoever. Alright? That's one meaning. Second meaning is that if he had not seen the burhan from his rub, that at that moment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent some type of wahi, ilham, revelation, inspiration to him to save and protect Nabi Yusuf alayhi at that moment. Alright? 
And thus did Allah Sata divert from Nabi Yusuf salam, a su'a evil and al-fahsha'a and lewd, immodest, crude, lustful sin. Innahu min ibadin al-mukhlaseen. Indeed, he, Nabi Yusuf salam, Allah Ta'ala says, is from our ibad, from our worshipful servants, al-mukhlaseen, al-mukhlaseen, mukhlaseen, those who were purified by Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. He is from our purified servants and slaves. All right. So in these two verses, uh, it explains, and uh, this is really basically uh, a fitna. And this is a fitna that has been there since the beginning of time, and a fitna that is widespread in this ummah. What is that fitna? That unlawful temptations and desires taking place between people of the opposite gender. All right? And then one party trying to solicit, seduce, attract, involve the other party. All right? Now, this incident is a woman who is trying to seduce a man, but more often it is a man who tries to seduce a woman. Right? Whether it's through flirting, whether it's physically. Uh, and again, Allah does not mention any details here. We don't know how long she was planning this. We don't know, maybe she came in the most beautiful of her clothing, in the most seductive way, wearing makeup and jewelry. Allah Wallah, how she tried to seduce him. Now why is Allah Subhanahu mentioning this for us? Because otherwise, this is a very embarrassing thing that happened to Nabi Yusuf And Nabi Yusuf probably never told anybody, would never want anybody to know in his life. And many ulama feel the woman herself made Tawbah later, so she was also forgiven. Allah Ta'ala is mentioning this as hidayah to us, as guidance to us that these things can happen. And when they happen, you have no hope, you have no strength. Ma'azallah, you only can turn to Allah Ta'ala. There's nothing. There's nothing that can stop you from your lustful nafs except for Allah Ta'ala. And we don't do that. We can have cases that men and women say, Oh, I fell in lustful relationship with each other. But they won't say, I tried this, I said, Ma'azalai, I remembered Allah, I feared Allah. But still my nafs overwhelmed me. No, no. Man Whosoever fears, remembers and fears that day they will stand in front of the Rabb, they will be able to stop their nafs from following its whims, fancies and desires. Our problem is we don't remember Allah Ta'ala, we don't turn to Allah Ta'ala, we don't make dua to Allah Ta'ala at that moment because we want to do that sin. We want to go ahead with that sin. How many men are there in this world that if a woman wants them and she locks the door, huh, a woman is willing and wanting and inviting a man to sin and is doing it in secrecy in such a way that no one else would find out how many men can resist that today? Hmm? But Allah Ta'ala gave us hidayah, how to resist. Ma'azallah, resistance will be by seeking refuge in Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. By seeking refuge in Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Alright? And this is a hadith of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that whenever a believer has the opportunity to sin, ability, opportunity to sin, and at that time, they choose not to sin. Whatever the dua they make at that time will be accepted by Allah SWT. This is a called a moment of kabooliyat of dua. Kabooliyat of dua. Alright? 
but uh, you know, difficult it is for a person to be untempted by temptation. Here you can also see that Nabi Yusuf he didn't try to reason with her. He didn't try to argue with her. He didn't say, no, stay away from me. He didn't say, I'm not interested. No, that's a lesser response. It won't be good enough. He didn't present shari argument terms. This is haram. This is the way of sinners. This is the way of wrongdoers. He went straight to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Straight to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright? And if you take that translation, where by Rab, he doesn't mean Allah ta'ala. He's saying that my master has settled me so nicely. How can I be disloyal to him? There you could say that, okay, he's trying to make an emotional argument to her and he's trying to convince her that if I want to be loyal to your husband and you're his wife, all the more reason that you would want to be loyal to him. And then Nabi Yusuf he also explained to her very clearly that what? Uh, that uh, <coughs> Allah SWT will never ever grant success Allah Ta'ala will never ever, uh, the wrongdoers, not Allah Ta'ala will never grant, the wrongdoers themselves will never ever be able to get falah, will never be able to pull it off. What does it mean? This is another big lesson. You can never successfully pull off sin. You will never be able to successfully pull off sin. It can never happen. Allah Ta'ala says, With whomsoever does a sin, surely they will have to face the consequences for that sin. They will have to face the consequences for that sin. Alright. Here now verses 25 to 29, Allah will mention the escape or attempted escape of Nabi Yusuf and then his exoneration at that moment. So what happened is the two of them raced to the door while she tore his shirt from behind and then they encountered her Sayyid, her husband, at the door. When they encountered her husband at the door. Immediately she changed. That, oh, what should be the punishment? What should be the consequences duly given to that person who has irado, who intends and desires evil from your wife? What could it be other than that they should be imprisoned or they should be given a tormenting, painful punishment? Maybe they should be tortured. A torturing, painful punishment. Alright? So the first thing we get from this ayah number one is that what did Nabi Yusuf say? He made a run for it. He said, Ma'azallah. He said, the Zalimun will be successful and he ran. And he knew the doors were locked. She had locked them. Maybe he, and this also doesn't make this crystal clear, either he unlocked the door, maybe the husband got wondering, it's a bit fishy, why is the door locked? He unlocked the door with his key from the outside. Whatever it was, he ran. So Nabi Yusuf said, didn't look at Asbab that the door is locked, I won't be able to get out. My job is to run. Allah's job is to open the door. And that's the truth about sin when you make Tawbah. Our job is to run away from that sin. You may say, there's no way out for me. I'm addicted. I'm stuck. How am I going to do it? How am I going to pay the person back? I took that money from them. How am I going to make amends? How can I do Islam? I can't see it happening. Your job is to run. Your job is to run and flee from that sin. Allah will guide you to the way out. Alright? So this is the notion. 
And similarly, if you ever find yourself specifically in this situation, run. If you find yourself alone in the room with a woman and she's soliciting, seducing you, run. Get out. Get out of the room. If she's messaging you, put down the phone. If she's calling you, hang up. Block her. If you're with the internet and you're, you're finding yourself tempted by the screen, run. Get out of the room. Run from the laptop. Run from that screen. Run. Run. Fafirru illallah. That you must flee away from sin and race and run towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, it also shows that Nabi Yusuf salam, uh, wanted uh, to maintain his chastity and purity and he wanted to end this immediately. Alright, now what you see from her, from her you see what she completely changed. She completely changed. On the one moment she's trying to profess her lust and ardent passion, love, desire for him and then she immediately turns on him. Immediately she tries to put the blame on him. She tells about what should be the punishment, what should be the consequence for that person hmm, who desired evil of your wife. You should imprison him or you should give him azabun alim. These are the words used for jahannam. You should give him azabun alim or you should imprison him. Alright. So now, uh, this also shows that when a person's false love, fake love, which is unlawful, any love, lust that is outside nikah is unlawful. So when a person has false, fake love, they will betray you. They will betray you. They will turn on you. They will turn and they will blame you. They will blame you. So what does it mean for us then whenever we make tawbah of an unlawful relationship or an unlawful feeling, we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't blame the other person. We should blame ourselves. We should blame ourselves. There's more truth in that. There's more humility in that. There will be more forgiveness from Allah Ta'ala in that. We should blame ourselves. Her mistake, she blamed the other party. Okay. So then verse 26. Nabi Yusuf is going to defend himself. Nabi Yusuf is saying, She is the one who seduced me. She is the one who tried to seduce me and nafsi against my will. Alright, so he professes his innocence. Then, Then a woman from her own, a person from her own household, a man from her own household, bore witness and testified. What did he say? In kana kamisuhu kunda min kumulin fasadakat bahuwa min al-kadibin That if the shirt of Nabi Yusuf is torn and ripped from the front, that indeed she has spoken truly and he is amongst those who are liars. When kana kamisu kunda min dubarin. However, if his shirt, yani shirt of Nabi Yusuf has been ripped and torn from the rear, from behind, فَكَذَبَتْ Then she has lied, she has spoken a lie, وَهُوَ مِنَ الصَّادِقِينَ And he is amongst the truthful ones. Alright. فَلَمَّا رَآ كَمِيسَهُ So then when the husband looked at the shirt, قُدَّ مِنْ So surely he found that it had been ripped and torn from behind. So when he looked at the shirt and saw that it was ripped and torn from behind, قَالَ So the husband said, إِنَّهُ مِنْ That in the all of this, this entire matter and affair is from the treacheries of you women. Indeed, your treacheries, your deceptions, your delusions are tremendous indeed, are great indeed. That's all he told his wife. He didn't, he didn't say talaq, he didn't divorce, he didn't say anything else, he didn't get angry, he just said this. And then he goes to Yusuf alayhi salam, Yusufu a'ariz anhada. 
And he told Yusuf that, okay, just turn away. Turn away from this whole matter and affair. وَاسْتَغْفِرِي And then he goes back to her, turns back to her and tells his wife, وَاسْتَغْفِرِي لِذَنْبِكْ Seek forgiveness from Allah Ta'ala for your sin. إِنَّكِ كُنْتِ مِنَ الْخَاطِئِينَ Indeed, you, O oh my wife, it was you who were in wrong. It was you who were from those in error. All right. Now, it's an ajeeb thing. This man was very wise. He also had a lot of summer. Very wise, a lot of summer. First, he didn't get angry at Yusuf anyway. He didn't try to cover it up and protect his izzat and join her in putting the blame. His izzat was more on that, more embarrassing for him to accept that it was his wife who was interested in another man. More easy for him would have been to blame Yusuf also. And maybe she was counting on that, that he wouldn't want the royal scandal to take place. Because you're going to see it's going to become talk of the town, the women of the town will know. But he didn't, he was so true. He didn't try to cover his reputation. He didn't try to cover the reputation of his house. He saw that the shirt was ripped from behind. So he knew his own wife was guilty. So he exonerated Nabi Yusuf. Somebody asked him kindly that if you can just let this matter go. Alright? And he told his wife that she should seek the forgiveness of Allah SWT. Alright? And then the reason he gave her why it happened is he says that this is due to your womanly nature. It is due to the nature of deception and treachery when not every woman, not a woman by virtue of her being a woman. It means that that woman who chooses or falls into lust, that it's in the nature of a woman overcome by lust to be promiscuous and to solicit a man. Just like not every man, but it's the nature of man that if a man is overcome by lust, it is in the nature of man then to go and solicit and prey upon women. So this is the nature of the genders when lust overcomes them. Alright? So he didn't beat her, he didn't punish her, he didn't imprison her. He could have said, no, the punishment, that the, what you mentioned should be the consequences should come on you. I can imprison you, I can give you azab and alim. He did none of that. Now because he did none of that, it allows certain more incidents to happen in the story. Now so verses 30 to 35 will be the next section where Allah Sallallahu mentions uh, what the women in the city conspire again, uh, plan what they say and what they plan, and then ultimately that will lead to the imprisonment of Nabi Yusuf. So 30 to 32 is about the women in the city. And what happened was the women in the city they began talking. What did they say? That the woman of the Aziz, so the king, the ruler, the dignity of Egypt, what is she doing? She's trying to seduce her manservant against his own will. And indeed, he has infatuated her to the point of hub. He has infatuated her to the point of arduous passion. Indeed, we consider her to be on manifest evil, a manifest evil. And to be considered to be manifestly astray. And when she heard about their talk that they were talking and their conniving and conspiring, so she sent for them. 
And then she prepared a banquet, a feast for them. And Sikina, and then she gave each and every one of them Sikina a knife. Alright, she put a knife in each and every one of their hands. Then after that, and then she told you to come out before them. So when the, all those women they beheld Nabi Yusuf Akbarnahu, they admired him so much. The means they viewed him to be so great. They were admired him so much. They found him to be so great. So they cut their hands with the knives that were with them. They said, Oh Allah, this cannot be, this is no human being. In Hada illa Malakun Kareem. No, rather, this is a gracious, noble angel. So now after they said this, she said to them, and look now, this is that. Here you have that one about whom you were censoring me, blaming me, you were mocking me. And then she accepts that yes, I did indeed try to seduce him against his will. But he abstained entirely. He had isma. He adopted the path of purity. He adopted, you can say yes, he adopted the path of Purity and chastity. And if he does not do what I order him to do, that surely, definitely, then he will be imprisoned. And he will be of those who are belittled and disgraced. So it means that she's still planning. So Nabi Yusuf hears this. That, okay, this is why she told me to come out to get back at the women in the city. But she's also clearly planning still to do what she wants. And she's threatening me with jail. No problem. So in verses 33 to 35, the imprisonment. That, oh my Rabb, jail, imprisonment is more dear to me, more beloved to me, preferable to me than that which she is calling me towards. Then that sin which she is calling me towards. And if other than that, otherwise, in other words, if I do, if you don't put me in jail, Allah, otherwise, unless you divert their cunning, scheming, planning away from me, otherwise I would behave, I would be amongst the ignorant as well. And the Rabb of Yusuf responded to him. How? He accepted this dua, this plea. How? Allah Ta'ala averted all of their plotting and scheming away from him. Indeed, he, he, Allah, is all hearing and all knowing. Alright. Now what happens here is that... Uh, this is another sinful feeling in that woman, which is her pride. Because her pride was hurt. And she could have done shukr, my husband hasn't kicked me out, my husband hasn't divorced me, my husband is saying, okay, it's fine, we'll just move on. 
But when she heard that the women of the city, and that some, some of the women of the town were talking, her pride got hurt. So then she got a feeling of vengeance, revenge upon them. She took her vengeance on them, as I mentioned to you in, in translator Firullah, as Allah mentions in the Quran. Then we also see that she is not made toba. She should have been grateful that, okay, I made a mistake, okay, we got out of it, we didn't do the sin, and my husband has forgiven me, and things have gone back, and we moved on. No. She clearly hasn't made Tawbah, and that's why she's threatening that if he doesn't obey me, uh, then he shall be imprisoned. So Nabi Yusuf when he realized that she hasn't made Tawbah, so now he has to adopt for Taqwa. Now can you imagine a person saying that, that I would rather be in jail? Imagine any man today saying that there's a woman who's completely willing, powerful, beautiful. You can assume she's beautiful because kings normally marry beautiful women. So she's the wife of the king, she's beautiful, she's wealthy, she's willing, she's soliciting me, she wants to keep it a secret. But I'd rather go to jail instead. Why? Because I'd rather go to jail instead of going to Jahannam. If I end up doing the sin with a member of the opposite gender, and unless I make Tawbah before I die, I will end up in Jahannam. Alright? So it means Nabi Yusuf is a role model of Hayat. He's saying that by jail, literally from it will be jail. For us it means anything is preferable to me than this. Any adversity, any negativity, any other thing, even if it's hard for me, to suffer is better than to sin. Adversity is better than to sin. Jail is better than to sin. Alright? And this is why Allah SWT said, I was in the Quran, لا تقلب الزنا That don't even go near it. Don't go near it. And Nabi says, I don't want to be around it. I don't want to be in the same house as her anymore. Put me in jail. I don't even want to be in the same house as her. Allah Akbar Alright? So sometimes also we realize that to save ourselves from sin, we have to extract ourselves and isolate ourselves from the company that invites us to sin. Maybe the friends who invite us to sin. The friends who cajole us to do sin. The people who invite us to sin. We have to disconnect ourselves from that. So now Yusuf because we also read that the other, other women cut their hand. What if they also get these sinful, lustful desires? So he wants to take himself away from all of that. So all the two things, he averted the women from him. He took away the plotting and scheming of women from him. And the other way Allah Ta'ala answered his du'as, Allah Ta'ala puts him in jail. Allah Ta'ala has him placed in jail. Allah Ta'ala has him placed in jail. How did that happen? ثُمَّا بَدَالَهُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا رَأَوُ الْآيَاتِ لَيَسْجُنُنَّهُ لَيَسْجُنُنَّهُ حَتَّى هِينَ So what happened was the people, the men, after they also came to learn this next incident, and it occurred to the men, even though after they had seen the clear signs, still they felt that they should imprison him for some time. Hattahin for some time. The means then, uh, they thought that we should imprison him until matters cooled down. Matters cooled down. Obviously the lesson for this isn't that you imprison somebody for that reason, but the notion is that sometimes you have to separate between people so that matters cool down. So that means also sometimes a person says that, okay, uh, we'll just be friends. Huh? No, 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 no. You have to separate entirely from each other. Separate entirely from each other. As much as youth, Nabi Yusuf became separated from that woman, you have to be as completely separate. Alright, now from verses 36 to 42, 
the Rishasana placed in jail. Now a story about what happens to him in jail. First in 36 to 37, there will be two fellow prisoners of his who will share with them about some uh, dreams that they have. So two young men entered in the prison along with Nabi Yusuf alayhi salam. So one of the two of them, he said to Nabi Yusuf that I've seen myself, it means I see myself in a dream, and I'm pressing wine, means I'm squeezing, extracting wine. And the other one said to Nabi Yusuf that I've seen myself in, myself in a dream, that on top of my head uh, there is some wheat, bread, uh, some type of bread made of wheat that is on my head, and, and the birds are eating from it. Okay? From which the birds are eating from it. And then the two of them then together they tell him that, Oh Yusufisam, tell us about the interpretation of these dreams. And we consider you, we see you. You appear to us to be from the Muhsineen, from the people of virtuous good, and who would do good to others, to do good to us by telling us the interpretation of the dream. Okay. Now, Nabi Yusuf says, that no food will even come to you before that I tell you the interpretation of the dream. Which does mean that I will tell you the interpretation of this dream even before the next meal comes down to us from our jailers. Alright? So I, even before the next food comes down from the loosing the translation, even before the next food comes down from the jailers, I will tell you the interpretation of the dream before the dreams actually come to pass. Alright? So I will tell you the interpretations prior to any of this ever happening to you and also before any food of which you are to be provided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you will be provided by Allah subhanahu wa comes to you. Alright? Why? Because actually Nabi Yusuf wanted to get them to wait. He wants to do da'wah on them first. Because this ability to interpret dreams is from among the many things that my Rav has taught me. And indeed, how did this happen to me? Why did I get this knowledge? Because I surely left the way and the path and the deen of that community that they did not believe in Allah Taala, and they were defiantly defiant deniers of the reality of the akhirah of the everlasting hereafter. And instead, what have I done? What And rather, I've chosen to follow the way and path and religion of my forefathers and ancestors, Ibrahim, Isaac, and Yaqub, Nabi Ibrahim, Nabi Isaac, Nabi Yaqub, Now he begins the da'wah upon them. It does not befit us, he's including the two of them. It does not befit us, it is not rightful for us 
that we should ascribe any partner, we should ascribe to Allah Ta'ala anything, any type of partner. Indeed, this is part of the puzzle, the bounty, grace, generosity of Allah SWT upon us, on nasi and on all of people, humanity. However, the vast majority of people are not appreciative of this. They're not thankful and grateful for it. They're not thankful and grateful for this. So this is how he's making dawa on his two prisoner friends. That look, I left because he basically wants them to leave the religion of their forefathers. And he wants he want the religion of that Qawm that doesn't believe in Allah and thereafter. And he's inviting them to come onto the religion of his forefathers, which means the religion of the prophets and messengers. Then he says, Ya sahibi as-sijni, O oh, oh, my two companions of the jail, is it better, what do you think is better? To have multiple different plural number of albab, rab, plural gods? Is that better? Or that one Allah Ta'ala, al-kahar, that all omnipotent, all dominant Allah Ta'ala. And all that you worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Illa asma'an sammaytumuha antum wa'aba'ukum That you're just worshipping names Names that you and your forefathers have designated yourselves Ma anzalallahu biha min sultan And Allah ta'ala has not given any warrant and authority for those partners that you worship and have named. In al-hukmu illa lillah, indeed the decisive judgment lies only and only lies with none other than Allah. Amara Allah ta'budu illa iya, and Allah Ta'ala has commanded that none should be worshipped at all whatsoever except Him. And this is the deen that is established and has been established and has been established since the beginning of time and remain established since the end of time. However, the vast majority of people don't know. The vast majority of people don't know. Alright. Ya sahibi sin. Okay, so from here, from 38 to 40, is the dawa of Nabi Yusuf al-Islam. What we learn here is that sometimes a person may come and ask you a question. And if you're able to answer that question, uh, then it is uh, your right. It is their right upon you and a trust that you should share that knowledge with them. However, sometimes they may ask you something that is actually not of so much benefit to them. So before you answer their question, it's better that you give them some dawah, some nasiha, something that they truly need but they didn't realize that so they didn't ask you for that. And then you go ahead and answer that question for them. And obviously because Nabi Yusuf is a Nabi at this time, so his greatest fikr and concern and the greatest aspect of his nabuwa is not his ability to interpret dreams, but the real true aspect of a Nabi is his doing dawah to insan, calling them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Calling them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here also he uses a beautiful, ugly, rational argument that would you rather believe and worship in multiple gods means that they will contest with one another 
Or would you rather be even the singular, all-powerful, all-omnipotent Allah SWT? Alright? Uh, and then he tells them that all judgment and decision belongs only and only to Allah SWT and that we must worship Allah Ta'ala alone. Here then from verse, verses 41 and 42, he goes ahead and tells them the interpretation of the two dreams that they mentioned. Ya sahibiya sidni, amma ahaduguma fayaski rabbuhu khamra. Oh, my two companions of the jail, as far as the first of the two of you who had the dream that he's seen in pressing wine, that you will soon be serving wine to your master, to their ruler. As far as the other one of you, you will be crucified. And the birds will peck and be eating from your head. They will be picking away at your skull and brains. And kudya means the manner on which decided, already decided and decreed is that matter concerning which the two of you just consulted and asked me. So then as far as the one who had lived and would serve the mind to his master, Nabi Yusuf said to he whom he had realized would be saved from the two. What did he tell him? That remember me, make mention of me when you are with your master and king, when you are giving him wine to drink. Means tell him about me that I'm in jail. Alright? Okay. So then fast forward in the story. These two matters are determined. The person eventually is freed. He does get hired to be the person who gives wine to drink to the master. But he fails to make mention of Nabi Yusuf to him. And Shaitan made that prisoner forget to make mention of Nabi Yusuf in front of his rub, in front of his master. So therefore Nabi Yusuf remained in jail for a number of years. Some say Bidha means for between 7 and 10. It means several years for a number of years. For a good number of years. Alright, Allah Akbar. Now imagine that the two prisoners are gone. Allah is best are the other prisoners. Anybody else he can make da'wah to? Is he alone? Are they no other prisoners? What is his life like in jail? No mention of that, but you can just imagine that he spent years in jail. So what the lesson of Allah is showing us that years in jail is better than doing a sin once with one single woman. Allah Akbar Kabina. Why? Because doing a sin once with one single woman is worse than even spending one moment in the fire of Jahannam. Than spending even one moment in the fire of Jahannam. Second, it means that whenever you want to make toba from a sin, whether you want to stay away from the sin of the first place or make toba afterwards, there might be a process. Allah Ta'ala might take you through a process and that process might take years. There might be years, there might be several years of hardship that you have to endure before you finally come into fat or falah, you finally come into absolute success and prosperity. Alright? Okay. Verses 43 to 49 is the next section, which is the king having a dream, then mentioning the dream to his own uh, counselors, that is 43-44, and then the dream being mentioned to Yusuf and Yusuf being freed from prison 
because of his interpretation of the dream that is from 45 to 49. Verse 44, Wakala Maliku. So now you get the feeling that he is the king, because the word used here is Malik. Wakala Maliku, but uh, there's, like I told you, uh, different positions. Is this Malik, is the king, the same person who had kept Yusuf in his home? So many ulama suggest that these are two separate people. That the, Aziz, that the person of Misr who had purchased him was a high-ranking official, but not the king himself. And others feel no, uh, that the king and the official is one and the same person. And there's something that suggests that also because Yusuf al-Islam in verse 50-51 will try to get the king to exonerate him as a condition for coming out of jail. وَقَالَ الْمَلَكُ إِنِّي أَرَى سَبْعَ بَقَرَاتٍ سِمَانِي يَأْكُلُهُنَّ سَبْعٌ إِجَافٌ وَسَبْعَ سُمْبُلَاتٍ خُدْرٍ وَأُخَرَ يَابِسَاتٍ يَا يُحَلْ مَلَرُ أَفْتُنِي فِي رُؤْيَا إِن كُنْتُمْ لِلْرُؤْيَا تَعْبُرُونَ So the king, he said, what? That I see seven fat, hearty cows and then I, with seven lean ones, devour those seven hearty cows. Then I see seven green, verdant, lush ears, shafts of grain. And then I see uh, seven others that are dry and withered. So this is what he saw in the dream. They asked, O oh, Al-Mala'u, O oh, chiefs, counselors, ministers, advise me, tell me about my dream, if indeed you are truly able to interpret dreams. Alright, so they tell him this and they, uh, uh, his ministers and counselors respond, That they said, oh, this is like a jumble of dreams. This is a jumble, mishmash of dreams. We can't figure it out. And in any case, we are not the, among, we are not the ones who know how to interpret dreams. So then the, from the two who was freed from prison, now he remembers he's standing there witnessing. So, وَالذَّكَّرَ بَعْدَ أُمَّةٍ And now he recalled and remembered Nabi Yusuf after some time had passed. بَعْدَ أُمَّةٍ After some time had passed. أَنَا أُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِتَعْوِيلِهِ That, oh, I will tell you, I will inform you about the interpretation of the dream. فَأَرْسِلُونِ and but now you must send me. Send me where to Nabi Yusuf Islam. So then he went to so then the king said, Fine, so he sent him down to the prison, he met Nabi Yusuf Islam and he told him, Yusuf, oh Yusuf Islam, Ayyuhas Siddiq, oh my great friend, or Ayyuhas Siddiq can also mean that oh person of truth. Aftinati Sabin Simani so I came to ask you, uh, tell us about the seven uh, hearty fat cows that seven lean ones devour, and then seeing seven green verdant shafts of grain, and seven others that are dry and withered. So that I may then return to the people, so that they may know and understand the interpretation of the dream. All Nabi Yusuf said. It doesn't taunt him that, oh, now you remember me. Huh? I've been sitting here for years. You were supposed to mention me to the king and get me out of here. He doesn't say that. He doesn't get angry with him. No, he immediately answers. 
Because right now Nabi Yusuf Islam is thinking. Or maybe Allah Ta'ala already revealed to him the plan of action. Ta'ala Nabi Yusuf Islam then explains to him what is interpretation? That you will harvest and grow and sow your seed and crop for seven years consecutively as usual. As usual means with the usual return and gain that you normally get from your crops. And whatever you harvest and reap, you should leave it in the ear and the shaft. You should leave all that grain there. Except for a little bit, mimma taqulun, and from that from which you will eat. And then after that will come seven hard years, seven hard seasons of harvest. Means you will get almost nothing then. So now you will eat from the provisions that you had stored up for these seven hard seasons, which is the grain you had left in the shaft in the first good seven, normal seven seasons, except a little, uh, except a little which you will again preserve. Why? To be the seeds to plant in the next crop, because you need to preserve some to replant, because after seven seasons of barren harvest, you will need those good seeds from the seven good seasons to replant again, to sow again, to harvest again. Alright. And then will come after those 14 years and seasons. One particular year that there will be plenty of rain in that year and people will produce tremendously. Ya'asirun literally means they will squeeze out. So the understanding is that there will be plentiful rain. They will squeeze out a lot of harvest and crop from the land. Alright? Some have said that there will be plenty of rain and there will be so much crop and you will have so many grapes that you will have wine or juice in abundance. Okay. So, now, uh, verses, the next section is 50 to 57. 50 57 is the person goes back and then the king frees Nabi Yusuf alayhi So when the person went back, to the king and told him the interpretation, the king said, that bring him to me. Bring him to me. So when the king's emissary, messenger, went back into the prison, now you be the jailer to bring out Yusuf and bring him to the king. Nabi Yusuf tells him what? He says, go back to your master. Go back to the king. I won't come out like this. Go back to your master. Go back to the king and ask him that whatever happened, what transpired, Ma'balu, what became the outcome, what befell those women who cut their hands. I don't want to go back to that situation where there's, there's all this community of women who are having this lustful, unlawful feeling of lust for me. Indeed, my Rabb is surely acquainted with their cunning. So yes, Rabbi means Allah Ta'ala. Indeed, my Allah Ta'ala knows what I want to ask, what I want to know. And I want him to tell me. 
Second, it might mean that Inu Rabi means my master, which suggests that the king and the foster father are the same person, that my master truly does know what they did and what they were conspiring. Alright? So, uh, this also shows uh, Nabi Yusuf salam, his uh, desire not to return back unless there's absolutely no chance of sin. This is how you have to complete the Tawbah. And second, that his desire to be exonerated, uh, that he wanted to be declared pure, true, free, and innocent from everything that was, uh, everything that he was accused of. So when the messenger goes back, tells the king, so then the king goes to the women. So the king says to the women, those women who cut their hands, Ma annafsihi that what was that whole matter and affair when you tried to seduce Yusuf al-Islam against his will? Qulna hasha lillahi. So they all proclaimed together, hasha lillahi. That, oh God forbid. Ma alimna alayhi min su. That we don't know of any single drop of evil in him. aziz. So this is now again why some people say it's to different people. The wife of the Aziz and the king, uh, so the Aziz is someone else and the Malik is someone else. Allah. So the wife of the Aziz, she said, Al-Ana has has al That okay, now ultimately the truth has 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 become manifest, has appeared, has come to light, has become apparent. Ana la wuttuhu an-nafsihi. It was me who tried to seduce him against his will. Wa innahu lamin as-sadiqin. And he, Yusuf al-Islam, indeed he is among the truthful ones. So now she, the women also said that he was entirely innocent. It was us who were going crazy over him. And now she also says, uh, contrast to what she said before, she tried to put the blame on him. Now she, years later, Bida Sinin, years later, she accepts the guilt. And now Nabi Yusuf is completely exonerated and made innocent. Alright? So then Yusuf proclaims, all of this I did, and he refusing to come out and making myself get cleared first, all of this is to let him know, which means the Aziz, that indeed I did not betray him in his absence. I did not betray him secretly. And indeed, second, and to let everyone know that Allah will never ever guide and bring to fruition the plotting and schemers of the Ha'inin, of those who betray. Alright, so this was a court process, you can say, like a clearing process. However, as far as Nabi Yusuf goes about himself, Ajib, he says, وَمَا أُبَرِّئُ نَفْسِي but me, Nabi Yusuf I do not exonerate myself. I do not hold myself free from blame. I do not absolve myself. Why? Inna nafsa la amalatun bisu'i illa ma rahim rabbi. Indeed, a person's nafs, indeed the nafs inside a person, the faculty of passions and desires inside of a person, la amalatun bisu'i. Surely, certainly, it supremely commands and dominates a person to commit evil. Illa 
except ma rahima lambi, except to whom my rub shows his mercy. Except to whom my rub shows his mercy. Except when and in all those cases when my rub shows mercy. So it doesn't mean it's not that I was able to stop myself. Allah ta'ala out of his mercy stopped me. Otherwise it's the very nature of the nafs to command and force a person to do evil. Inna rabbi rahim. And then he says indeed my rub, my rub is all forgiving, all merciful. My love is all forgiving, all merciful. So we realize here that we have to make tawbah, we have to make amends, we have to make islah, we should not blame others, we should blame ourselves, and finally, ultimately, even if we were innocent of anything that others blame us of, we may definitely try to proclaim our innocence and have our innocence proclaimed, but we should realize that our innocence was no accomplishment and achievement of ourselves. Our nafs truly would have made us do that evil sin that they accuse us of. The only reason we are innocent is because my Rabb showed me mercy. So there's not my innocence and their blame, there's my Rabb's mercy versus their blame. There's no real uh, self-praising uh, innocence inside a person. Okay. So here, now that it is done, so from verses 54 to 57, the king then says, again, bring him to me, and now he puts Nabi Yusuf Islam in a position in charge. So this is, and again, why people say the king is somebody else. So the king says that, bring Yusuf Islam to me, and now I want to select him and reserve him for myself. So maybe he was in the high-ranking official's house. Now he's going to be mine. He's going to work for me. I want him to be exclusively for me. I select him exclusively for my sake and benefit. So then when uh, he, when the king spoke to Nabi Yusuf salam, he said, he said, that from on this day and means from this day forth, you will be with us makin, you will be well placed, you are firmly settled now with us. Amin, you will be secure and fully trusted. Amin can be secure or we will make you Amin fully trusted. But likely it means that you will be well settled and you will be completely secure. Call, so then Nabi Yusuf told him, alright, that place me in charge of the storehouses of the produce that comes from the land. Indeed, I am a very, um, I will be a guardian, I will be a, a, a tremendously good guardian and safekeeper and alim, I'm all knowing. So what do we learn from here is that you see Nabi Yusuf already knew, because he was the one who interpreted the view himself, he knew what was going to happen, that it's not, number one, it's not enough just for me to interpret the dream. I have to make it happen, because they might mess it up. They might not mm, eat for seven years only what they need and save and store the rest. Once they store it, they may not distribute it properly in the next seven years. And again, they may not save back some, some to sow and plant again as seeds. So this is seven plus seven plus one, 15 years. So he makes a 15 year commitment to them. That look, I'm going to do it myself. 
Why? Because I'm Hafiz. I will be the true guardian. I will safeguard it properly. I won't let those stores go to waste. And I'm Aleem. I will know how to distribute it in such a way that we make it through those second set of seven years. I will safely guard what is stored in the first seven years and I will know how to distribute properly that which was guarded in the next seven years. وَكَذَلَكَ مَكَّنَّا لَيُوسَفَ فِي الْأَرْضِ Tawthal says, Thus did we establish and settle Nabi Yusuf on earth. What does it mean after he was kicked out, after he was thrown away, after he was enslaved, he was homeless, he was then made a manservant. Now he's a free man and he is a minister, you can say, of the stores. يَتَبَوَّعُ مِنْهَا هَيْثُ and now he, Yusuf Islam, may settle, he can choose to make his house or home wherever he wants. Nusibu rahmatina man nasha'u wa la ajra al-musineen. Allah Ta'ala says, we will make our mercy reach, or rather we will pour our mercy down on whomsoever we want, and we will never let go to waste the reward of those who do virtuous deeds. وَلَا أَجْرُ الْآخِرَةِ خَيْرٌ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ And the reward of the everlasting hereafter is infinitely far better for those who truly have iman and those who always adopt taqwa, those who are always fearful and conscious of their rabb. Alright, here in this passage we learn a couple of things. Number one is that the two major characteristic qualities that a person should have to be given any position as a minister or in government, they should be Hafizun and Alimun. Hafizun and Alimun. Alim means it should be a government by experts. Every person should be extremely knowledgeable and skilled at whatever he does. In modern political science, they call it technocrats. Right? Every person should be appointed to any post in any position based on their being skilled. So that was the second word. The first, even more important than that, is hafizun, that their character. Because every position of power and authority is an amana, and a person could violate that. A person could be unjust, a person could be partisan, a person could be biased, a person could be unfair, right? So hafizun alim, two characteristics and qualities that must be there. Now not hafiz and alim, hafizun alim. Huh? Hafiz means an intense version of Hafiz, extremely, extremely guardian over justice and equity. And Aleem, extremely knowledgeable, extremely knowledgeable, wise, capable, and skilled. Alright? Okay, so let's just, a small summary up till now, let's look at the journey of Nabi Yusuf up till now. He went from a child who his brothers didn't like him, but he was the favorite of his father, seeing a dream which inspired him with some meaning, then being betrayed by his brothers and thrown down to a well, then staying in the bottommost depth of that well for who knows how long, then taken away by people who must have been cruel to enslave him, and how long that caravan took to get to Misr and how long he suffered their cruelty then sold off into the market to some official in Misr, then kept very nicely and very honorably by that man, 
and then he attains the age of maturity, 20, Allah puts the nur of Nabuwa in him and gives him knowledge and wisdom and then now in his 20 or early 20s as a strapping handsome young man then the woman of the house falls for him, tries to seduce him, he is exonerated, stays in the house, then she calls him in front of the rest of the women, they start falling for him, there's a danger they might seduce him, he says, Ya Allah send me to jail, Allah sends him to jail for several years. Then he comes out, and now he comes out, so from father to the well, from well to slavery, from slavery to the home, from home to the prison, and now from prison to the palace. King of the king, now from prison to the palace, and from prison to position. All right. Uh, I think that's... Uh, Yes, so we can continue. Now comes the next section from verses 58 to 62. The brothers of Yusuf will come. The brothers of Nabi Yusuf will come. Uh, why? Uh, so they come for this because he's the minister of the stores and the uh, reserves, the grain reserves. So came to Nabi Yusuf all of his brothers, they came to him, and they entered into his presence and appeared before him. He recognized them, but they did not know him. They were unable. This means they denied him. It means they were unable to recognize them. Okay. When he provided them with their provisions, when he provided them with the provision supplies, they had come. So he said to them that, bring me, there's another brother of yours. Bring me a brother of yours from your father. Means apparently the ten of them had come and left behind Binyamin. So bring me a brother, another a brother of yours from your father. That don't you see that I gave you the full measure, I gave you full. And that I have extended to you the best of hospitality. Alright? Okay. For in love and if you don't bring him to me, indi, I have nothing ever to further I have nothing further ever to measure out for you. Means I have nothing to give you. and you will not even get near me anymore. You should not even come near me unless you bring him. Kalu, so then the brother said, okay. That okay, we will go and try to persuade his father. They didn't say our father, his father. His father, we will get it done. We will certainly get this task done. Okay, it means that we will, next time we come, we will bring our uh, brother to you. Okay. So he told, Fityani uh, means he told his boys, his attendants, his assistants, his team, he told the boys in his team, that okay, look, put their merchandise and goods in their saddlebags. These were bags that they would strap on the back of the camel, put in their saddlebags of their camel, so that they may recognize it when they return back to their family, and so that they may come back. They may come back. They will be happy. They will come back tomorrow. What does it mean? 
they traded, and this time the way Nabi Yusuf did it, is the people who had other goods would come and they would trade some of their goods for the grains of Umrazur. It wouldn't just be pure Sadaka charity. If they had something to offer in exchange for the grain. But also you can understand is first seven years have passed. First the seven years of abundance passed, in which Nabi Yusuf was living loyally with the king and he was you know, giving out the minimum rations to people and being hafiz and safeguarding the rest. And now at some point, the second, during the second seven years, when there is shortage and there is, people are nearing famine, and now people are coming to him, and according to his policy, they must give something in exchange for a measure of grain. So seven more years passed before this incident. Alright? So now he may be, Allah Allah, maybe around 40 years old. So he's quite older now. So sometimes the question arises that how could they not recognize their own brother? Well, they hadn't seen their brother for so many years. Some people say, no, but he was so beautiful that Nabi Yusuf had such unique husn, they should have been able to recognize him. So the answer to this the ulama gave was well, they were blind to his husn because of their hasad for him. So although anybody else could have seen that, oh, this such a beautiful man, he could be none other than that such a beautiful boy who was our brother. But they were blinded to his husan when he, he was a boy and because they had so much envy for him. So they couldn't notice that as well. Okay? So that's why they were not able to recognize him. He was able to recognize them. Obviously, he's a Nabi. He's been given ilm and knowledge and wisdom from Allah Taala. Alright? So first seven years passed and they came to him. Alright? Now what Nabi Yusuf did is that he told his team without them knowing that when you load up the grain that they've come for, along with it, fill their saddles bag back with the merchandise that they traded for the grain. Give the price back to them basically. Right? Why? So when they go home and they open up their saddle bags, they'll be so happy that, oh, he's so nice to us. Not only did he give us the grain, look, he gave back to us the goods that we traded for that grain. And there will be more desires that now we better bring our brother Binyamin to him because look, he was so nice to us. Alright? This is the understanding. So sometimes it's not 100% clear when you just translate it, uh, but uh, this is what it is. Alright? Okay. So that will cover up to 62. So verses 63 to 65, next, sense, next section, uh, the brothers return back to Nabi Yaqub so they said that, oh, our father, what happened is that the allotment was refused to us because that's what he told them. That until you bring my, until you bring uh, your brother, I won't give you and you won't be able to get near me. So they said, So send with us, send us back and send along with us, send our brother along with us, naktal, then we will receive an allotment, will be measured to us, and we will be hafidun on this brother, we will be his keepers and gardens. Kala, Nabi Yaqub said, Hala manukum alayhi illa kama amintukum ala akihim in kabul, that you want me to trust you with him, when it's only going to turn out like what happened when I trusted you earlier with his brother. And this, this, and my response to what you said, Inna luhu that you will be his guardians. And indeed, Allah Ta'ala is the one who is the best and true guardian and safekeeper. And Allah Ta'ala is the almost, the almost merciful of, the most merciful of the merciful ones.
So when they opened their saddlebags, they saw all of the goods that they traded, all of that was returned to them. So they got happy. They got up. Oh, our father, what more could we have wished? Hmm? That these are all the goods that we traded, all given, returned back to us. So look, see, the person was so nice to us, so all our temples returned back to us. So if you now, we will bring food to feed for our families, and we will be keepers and guardians over our brother, and then we will even be able to bring an additional camel load, because one more person will come, he will get one more ration for one more person, we will bring, add even the additional measure of one more camel load. Indeed, that will be an easy amount for us to get. So, Nabi Yaqub uh, responded to them. So, in verses 66 to 68, he responds to this request of theirs. Nabi I will never ever ever send your brother Binyamin with you until that you take a firm promise and pledge swearing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you will surely definitely bring him back to me unless somehow you're overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed. I mean overwhelmed, overpowered by enemies, circumstances, unless you're surrounded and overwhelmed. So when they gave him, when they gave Nabi Yaqub their solemn pledge, Nabi Yaqub said, Allahu alama nakulu wakil. And Allah Ta'ala is the guardian, he is watchful, he is wakil, he will be the trustee of that which we have just stated, means over our pledge. Alright? Okay, and then he gave them another advice. Waqala ya baniya. He said, Oh my dear sons, that don't enter the city in one gate. Don't enter the city, all of you from one single gate. That enter from different gates. He was thinking, Allah Nabi Yaqub was thinking that maybe they would be more safe if they entered the city in groups, if they split up in groups. And ultimately, I cannot help you at all against Allah Subhanahu in any way. Indeed, the decisive judgment and rule and sovereignty belongs to Allah Subhanahu alone. And it is upon Him alone that I trust. And indeed, upon Allah subhanahu alone truly trust those who are truly mutawakkilun. Those people of tawakkul, they truly trust in Allah subhanahu Okay? And let those who truly trust place their entire trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright. 
So then they enter, When they enter the city in the manner in which their father had commanded them to do, yani through different gates, And all of this, it did not help them at all in any way against the will and wish of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Means if Allah ta'ala wanted something bad to happen, you cannot forestall that by entering through multiple gates. But it was simply a need that was in the heart and the soul of Nabi Yaqub that he has to express something to them, some way, so that they are better safeguarding over bin Yamin. So Yaqub Kazaha, so he fulfilled it, he carried it out, he carried out that need that was in his soul. ilmin, Because he was indeed, indeed he, Nabi Yaqub was a being of tremendous knowledge, was a person of tremendous knowledge. Lema'allamnahu, due to that which Allah says that we, Allah subhanahu wa taught him. However, the vast majority of people don't know. Alright? So here what you see, now look how many years have passed now. So what we learn from this is how to be a father. Look at Nabi Yaqub alayhi salam. Number one, he, this is parenting. He has not stopped talking to his sons after the Yusuf incident. He's still talking to his children. He didn't kick them out. They're still living with him. Alright? He's still guiding them. He's still advising them. Right? So we learn from this that a person should never ever give up on one's children, should maintain ties with them, should never kick them out, should keep advising them, and ultimately realize that it's Allah Swata who is the best guardian, the best wakil, and we should trust Allah Ta'ala that He will ultimately guide our children away from doing things that they shouldn't do. Ultimately, He will guide our children to change and become the way they should be. Alright, so he has tawakkal on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but he also makes use of the asbab by guiding his children and asking his children to enter through separate gates. Alright, now from next section is from verses 69 to 79, and that is now the brothers return back and they meet Nabi Yusuf again, and then Nabi Yusuf meets his brother Binyamin and then makes a plan. Makes a plan which we call the planting of the government. So when they entered the presence of Nabi Yusuf he received, if you can say, he took and received, received and took his brother Binyamin from them and took him as a guest. And then now when the two of them were alone, called on Nabi Yusuf said to Binyamin, Inni ana afuka. Indeed, I, I am your brother, O Binyamin, I am Yusuf. Don't be have any sorrow, don't grieve at all about what they had what they have been doing. Means now what does it mean? The understanding here is number one that what they did to me and probably what they've been doing to you all this time, that they got rid of me by putting me in the well and likely they've been probably sidelining you and being mean to you all this time. Don't worry about that at all. Don't grieve about that at all. So here, first thing he does is he keeps Binyamin with him and he tells Binyamin that he's his brother. Then, obviously they had come again for the grain. When he had provisioned them, supplied them with the provisions that they had come for, he did another thing. So this was the drinking vessel of the king. 
goblet, drinking vessel, drinking cup of the king. So he placed the drinking vessel of the king into the saddlebags of these brothers. In the saddlebag of his brother, Achihi means in the saddlebag of his brother Binyami. And then a caller called out, which means Nabi Yusuf either had, the, had planned this, or all of a sudden a caller, somebody realized that this was missing, and a caller called out. That, O people of the caravan, addressing those ten brothers, you must certainly be thieves. So then the. Uh, so they said, turning upon them, What is it that's missing? What are you missing that you're calling us thieves? So then the, the people of the government, the, the people of the king's party responded, That we are missing the drinking vessel, the goblet of the king, drinking bowl or drinking cup of the king. And whoever produces it, whoever discovers it and produces it, will get an extra camel load, will get a whole camel load of goods and provisions and grains from the reserves as a reward. And uh, they said that I, he's, Nabi says, I will stand guarantee for that, a guarantee. Kalu. Tallahi. So then the brothers respond that Tallahi, they we swear by Allah subhanahu You know that we did not come to cause trouble in these lands. And we are not from the thieves. We are not thieves. So they responded to the brothers that okay, you tell us what should be the consequence given out, what should be the punishment if you are liars. If you were lies, call us the brothers of one Jazahu Ma Wujidafirahlihi. For who are Jazahu? So they, they said the punishment will be that in who in he whose saddlebag his drinking cup is found, he will be the compensation for it. You keep him. You get him. You get him. You get to keep him in whatever saddlebag it is found. Alright? And thus is how we, maybe in our culture and our tradition, that is how we punish and we uh, compensate the wrongdoers. Okay? So then, the person who was from the government side, he started searching their saddlebags before he searched the saddlebags of the brother. And then after finishing searching all the saddlebags and then finally coming to the brother Yuni bin Yamin's saddlebag, and then he took out and produced the drinking cup from the saddlebag of the brother Yuni bin Yamin. And then Allah Ta'ala says, Thus did we make this plan for Nabi Yusuf so we understood from here that Allah Ta'ala must have sent Wahin revelation to Yusuf Sazam to make all of this transpire like this. So it did not befit, uh, he would not, it would not have been proper and right for him, for him, Yusuf to have taken his brother, Binyamin, from those other ten 
in the deen, fi deen al-malaki, deen here means according to the law of the sharia of that king. Except, illa an yasha'allahu, except had Allah Ta'ala willed it. What does it mean that Nabi Yusuf wanted to keep his brother bin Yameen? He wouldn't have been able to do so justly under the law of the king of the time. On what basis are you holding back this person? Eleven have come and you're keeping one and only the ten brothers could go. So Allah Ta'ala planned this and Allah Ta'ala revealed this plan to Nabi Yusuf that you follow this plan and that way you will be able to, within the laws of the king, be able to keep back Binyamin with you because that will be the punishment for Binyamin having apparently, allegedly have stolen any of the drinking cup of having been found in his saddle bag. نَرْفَعُ دَرَجَاتٍ مَنْ نَشَاءُ Allah Ta'ala says, we elevate in darajat, we raise the darajat, the ranks of whomsoever we want. وَفَوْكَ كُلِّ ذِي عِلْمٍ عَلِيمٍ And above everyone who has knowledge, there is somebody who has more knowledge, that's one meaning. And the other meaning is that actually, that's the second meaning. First meaning is that above everybody who has knowledge is Allahul Ali, is the tremendous all-knowing knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright. So, a uh, few things that we learn from here uh, is that, uh, first of all, uh, some people raise this objection. Oh, then why did Yusuf use this ploy? Allah answers that himself in Quran to keep the purity and chastity of Yusuf that it's us, in Allah says it's our plan that we told him. It was the plan that Allah SWT did. Kadalika kidnali Yusufa. Thus did we, Allah Ta'ala, plan this whole scheme for Nabi Yusuf. Alright, and this is the will and wish of Allah SWT. The second thing that we mentioned to you, it means for every alim should always know that there are other ulama who know more than him. And therefore that's why with an open heart and an open mind, you should be willing to consider the positions of other ulama. This is how the ulama are trained about the meaning of this verse. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that open-mindedness means you have to accept every quack and everything that anybody says. It means we will open our mind and a heart if a person presents an argument with sound reasoning and with justification and basis from the Qur'an, Sunnah and Sharia. And, uh, like I mentioned to you, it means that no matter how much a person knows, they should always know that Allah subhanahu wa knows more than them. And Allah ta'ala gives darajat, so the rabd here is that one way that Allah ta'ala bestows darajat, that He gives ranks to people, is by ilm. So every drop of ilm that a person knows and learns grants him a daraja in the law, grants him a higher level and rank in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, okay, so the first, now the brother's response. Now, 77, the brother's response. Kalu. So the brothers say, in yafrik, and if he bin Yameen stole, فَقَدْ سَرَكَ أَخُلْ لَهُمْ مِنْ قَبْلُ Oh, there is a brother that he has, he stole before. Allah So now maybe like 20 plus years have passed and they're slandering Nabi Yusuf But oh, we're not surprised that he stole because he's corrupt and he had a brother who was also corrupt and he also stole. And there's no mention, of, there's no reality that Nabi Yusuf ever stole anything. So again, they turn on Binyamin. 
Now, Nabi Yusuf السلام, when they said that, he wanted to respond because they're talking about him, but he kept his identity secret and he concealed his response. He held back and concealed his response to the statement in his self. And he did not reveal his response to them. And the second meaning is he concealed his identity. He, notwithstanding their attack, he still concealed his identity and he did not reveal himself to them. But he said, rather in his heart, and he said to himself, Antum Shadrum Makkana, that, oh, you are, you, you are in the most evil of standings. You're in the most evil of positions. And Allah Spata knows best the truth of that which you allege. So then now the brothers, they turn to the Aziz, the ruler, and they say, or some, they turn to the Aziz and they say that, oh, uh, this brother of ours, uh, as opposed to saying, inna lana, inna lahu, this brother of ours, Benjamin, he has a father, Shaykhan Kabira, who is a very old, aged man, Fakhuz ahadana makanahu. So take any one of us ten in place of him. Inna nalaka min al Or we perceive you to be a person who is virtuous and loves to do good to other people. So at the same time, the brothers are trying to be nice. And they're feeling worried that we're going to go back to our father without being Yameen, we're getting in trouble. So maybe we can strike a deal with these people that, okay, look, yes, that was the law, that who, and who's ever saddlebag you find the drinking cup, he should be withheld, but take one of us in his place. Let him go. We ransom him by offering one of ourselves. Alright, why? Because of our father. So what does it mean? Maybe he's young. I mean, Benjamin himself is probably now in his 20, 20, and all the brothers must be above 40 at this point. So maybe they're, they're saying that he's old, our father's old, this is the youngest of the brothers. He can be of greater care to the father. So what does the Aziz respond? Same words that Nabi Yusuf said, that what you're calling me to injustice? You're calling me to do something unjust, to let the criminal go and keep an innocent person? That never could it, we seek refuge in Allah that we might ever withhold and keep back anyone other than one with whom we found our belongings with him. Because were we to do so, then indeed we would be unjust, we would be unjust. So this is another lesson that Allah told us in the surah. Haya and adl. If you're in danger of breaking your haya, ma'adullah. It's too big of a temptation. And being unfair to someone, being unjust to someone, wronging someone, sometimes that is also a big temptation, ma'adullah. Otherwise we can see in this world, brother teach brother, brother teach father, business partner teach business partner. The temptation to cheat and harm and wrong someone is too great. And the nafs, ma'adullah, the same way you have to seek refuge in Allah Ta'ala from that temptation to sin with a woman, you have to seek refuge in Allah Ta'ala from that temptation to sin uh, by wronging and being unjust to someone. So, okay, now, so then the brothers, apparently they kept persisting, but then, minhu. So when the brothers lost any hope from the Aziz that they'll be able to convince him, 
Or it can mean that when they lost hope that they would be able to get back bin Yamin, min who could also mean from bin Yamin, khalasun najiyya. So they retreated and they conferred with one another, they consulted and conferred in privacy. Qala kabiruhum, this is what I told you was coming, that the eldest of them said, the eldest of them said, alam ta'lamu anna abakum, that don't you know and remember that your father got akhada alaykum mawtikam min Allahi, that he extracted from you a solemn, firm pledge and promise to Allah Ta'ala. Wa min qablu ma faradtum fi Yusuf, and don't you remember and recall that excess that ifrat tafrit, that negligent excess, that wrong that you did before regarding the Yusuf alayhi salam. فَلَنْ أَمْرَحَ الْأَرْنَ حَتَّى يَعْذَنَ لِي أَبِي أَوْ يَحْكُمَ اللَّهُ لِي وَهُوَ خَيْرُ الْحَاكِمِينَ So what did he say? That eldest brother said that I will never leave this land. I will punish myself. I will never leave this land until my father permits me or Allah Ta'ala decides for me and he, Allah, is the best of judgment. He also stays back. The ruler has been keeping him back. He says, I'm also going to stay back. To punish myself, I'm not going to go back home. I will also stay back. So then he tells the rest of the nine, the rest of the ten, so the other nine, ila abikum, then go back to your father. Fakulu, and all of you should say to him, Ya Abana, say to him, quote, O oh, our father, Innabnaka Sarak, that indeed your son he committed theft. And we are not testifying, we are only bearing witness to you about that which we know to have happened because we saw the drinking cup come out of the saddlebag. And we could not guard against the unseen. This was something we couldn't have predicted. We couldn't have guarded Binyamin against him stealing. Because that's what they, they think at this time. So, oh, our father, if you don't believe, ask the people in the town in which we were, and ask the caravan and the people of the caravan in which we came. And they will also tell you this story, that they all witnesses that the drinking cup was found in the saddlebag of Binyamin. And indeed, we are from the, we are truly, we are sure, certainly from the truthful ones. So now the brother tells them to say this. It's understood that they all go back and they say exactly this because the next verse is Nabi Yaqub Islam's response to them. Call Nabi Yaqub Islam. No, no, no. Rather, it's your nafs. All of your nafs contrived and conspired and planned to do amra, to plan to do this affair and matter. Same thing. Same response he gave back then. The beautiful patience is more becoming and befitting to me. <coughs> Maybe Allah Ta'ala perhaps will bring them all to me together. Means Yusuf Alayhisam and Binyamin and the eldest son. Because they must have told about that also. Maybe Allah will just bring them all to me. Innahu huwal alimul hakim. Indeed, he is the one who knows all. Al-Hakim and the one who is most wise. This is in English the way to capture this. Aliman hakima. That's what we call nakira. That's without the alif lam. So we say there, all knowing and all wise. And Al-Alim, Al-Hakim, he is the one who knows all. Al-Hakim and he is the one who is most wise. وَتَوَلَّا أَنْهُمْ وَقَالَ يَا 
anhum. So they all the brothers they then turned away from Nabi Yaqub alayhi So continuing between Yaqub turned away. Sorry. Turned away from his sons, from them, yani from his sons, and then he said, Nabi Yakusim said, Ya Asafa, Allah Yusufa, that oh my sorrow, oh how sad I am, oh how I grieve for Nabi Yusuf alayhi and then his eyes became white. His eyes turned white, became white from sorrow. For who Kadim, and all the time he was still suppressing his anger and depression, his anger and sadness. All right. So this is also a well-known incident of the story. You remember that his eyes turned white with sorrow. All right. Means he became blind also, then rendering him then unable to see. Kalu. So now, look at the sons. They should feel so sad. And look, our father can't see. Right? Instead, they mock him. Kalu, all the nine sons. Now, three are there. Nine remaining sons. They said, Tallahi. They took a custom. Oh, by Allah. By Allah. Taftau tadkuru Yusufa hatta takuna hadadan o takuna min al-halikin. Oh, it appears that you won't stop remembering Nabi Yusuf salam until you are terminally ill, until you enter the illness that makes you approach and near your death, or or until you perish and pass away. Until you're amongst those who perish and pass away. Until you die. Yani. Allah Akbar. So then he responds back to them. Innama ashku batti wa huzni illallahi. That no, 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 look, I'm not complaining anything to you. I don't say anything to you. I present, I present my anguish and my sorrow only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I complain only of my sorrow, my grief and my sorrow, my grief and anguish and huzn and my sorrow and sadness to, to Allah ta'ala alone. وَأَعْلَمُوا مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ And I know from the knowledge that Allah Ta'ala gives me, I know from Allah that which you do not know. But this is his nubuat. This is also maybe that he knows that Nabi Yusuf is alive. He had this feeling that Nabi Yusuf is alive. Khair, even though they mocked him, still he tells them, يَا بَنِي That, oh my sons, now you all go, set forth. فَتَحَسَّسُوا and inquire and search مِنْ يُوسُفَ وَأَخِيهِ to go out and inquire and search after Yusuf alayhi salam and his brother Yemin وَلَا تَيْأَسُوا مِنْ رُوحِ اللَّهِ and do not despair literally means from the ruh of Allah Ta'ala here it means don't despair from that essential that that how can you say that limitless mercy that forms the very spirit of Allah Ta'ala and indeed, there is no one who can ever despair. No one who can ever despair of that essential mercy that forms the spirit of Allah Ta'ala except for those who disbelieve, except for the people who are disbelievers. Okay, so now they go back. So verses 88 to 93, the brothers again return to Nabi Yusuf And now they will realize who is who. فَلَمَّا دَخَلُوا عَلَيْهِ So then when the brothers entered upon, meaning Nabi Yusuf alayhi salam, 
Ya ayuhal Aziz. So now the Jews are calling him Aziz because he's the minister of the grains and provisions. The Al-Aziz, you might remember, is also one of Allah's names. Aziz means mighty one. So sometimes it was used uh, to refer to an official out of deference. So like you would say, Your Excellency. Ya ayuhal Aziz, oh Your Excellency. Alright? Masana wa ahlana dhurru. Oh, a tremendous harm and distress has afflicted us and our family. Has afflicted us and our family. Wajitna muzjatin. What they mean here is that going back to the initial thing of the famine, that we are in severe famine and we are in severe hardship and adversity. And we have brought with us a little bit. muzjatin. We've only brought a little bit of goods to trade. For the grain and wheat that we need. But, because we are in the state of need, that please give us the full measure of provision and grain. Even though we don't have enough goods to trade for it. And then give us even more in charity. Because that's how, what a state of hardship we are in. And indeed, Allah surely will reward those who are charitable, who give in charity. So some ulam of tafsir who say that it's a long time passes. A long time passes. Because they just return, although uh, uh, so a long time passes before they go back. Others say that when they discovered the drinking cup in Benjamin's saddlebag, then another punishment was given to them. They were sent back without anything. So when they were sent back without anything, then a short time passes, and then they have to go back again because they say we desperately need the grain and reserves because we are going through a very tough time of hardship, of hunger, and of famine. Alright. So then, okay, so after they uh, go back, uh, Call. So after they made this, they, after they asked for this charity, call them. So, Nabi Yusuf says to them, Had alentum ma fa'altum bi Yusufa wa akhihi il antum jahidun. That do you know and do you realize what you did to Nabi Yusuf and what you did to his brother bin Yameen all the while you were ignorant, jahidun? Kalu, innaka la anta Yusuf. So all the brothers said that indeed is it you that indeed you is indeed is it you that truly you are Yusuf Alaihissalam? Kala Nabi Yusuf said, "Ana Yusuf." Yes, I am Yusuf. Wahada Akhi, and this is my brother. Meaning Binyamin. This is this Binyamin. This is my brother. Kalman Allahu Alayna. Indeed, Allah Taala has sent His tremendous favor and kindness upon us. Inna Hu Mayyatake. Indeed, every, every such person who adopts taqwa, who fears Allah Ta'ala and is conscious of Him and stays away from sin, and patiently endures, Allah Ta'ala will never neglect the reward or let it go to waste of those who do virtuous good. Alright? So we learn from this. Uh, verse that one of the two master things that a person should have taqwa and sabr, taqwa and sabr, taqwa and sabr. The epitome of taqwa, Nabi Yusuf salam, in this surah, and the epitome of sabr, Nabi Yaqub salam. You need the taqwa of Yusuf salam and the sabr of Yaqub salam. 
And then a person can come out of any difficulty, and Allah will bring them out of any difficulty, and will never let their works and efforts and good deeds go to waste. Now that Nabi Yusuf tells them who he is, right? And he reveals himself. So now 91 to 90, and maybe I skipped telling you some of the sections, but 91 to 93, uh, now is the forgiveness and reconciliation. Kalu. So now all those brothers, they say, Tallahi, we swear by Allah Ta'ala. We swear by Allah Ta'ala that indeed Allah Ta'ala has preferred you over us. And in all the while we were errors, we were guilty, we were sinners. We've made a big mistake. Call the Nabi Yusuf response to them. That there will be no reproach on you today, no blame on you today. Means he forgives them entirely. I won't blame you. From this day, on this day, and from this day on, you were blameless. Means he forgives them entirely. Now he has forgiven them by saying this sentence, لا تثريب عليكم اليوم Then for Allah Ta'ala, يغفر الله لكم Now he says that Allah forgives you. He doesn't make dua, I will make dua to forgive. Allah Ta'ala inspires him that he has forgiven them, he's a Nabi, and he tells them, يغفر الله لكم Allah Ta'ala has forgiven you. And he is indeed the most merciful of all those who have mercy. Alright? So then the big lesson here is that we should always forgive others entirely. This phrase, There will be absolutely no blame on you whatsoever after today. There will be no guilt on you whatsoever. There will be no shame on you whatsoever. And Allah's father has also forgiven you for indeed he is the most merciful of those who show mercy. Alright? So this is a lesson for us that to completely forgive those who indeed hurt us. Because if you look at this, it's not like they were mistaken. No, no, the brothers of Yusuf Islam deliberately, deliberately, very foully, evilly, cruelly hurt Nabi Yusuf and he chooses to forgive them anyway. He chooses to forgive them anyway. Alright, so this is also one of the reasons why this is Asanul Qasas. This is also one of the noble and beautiful things about this surah. Alright. Then, as far one thing is left in this happy family reunion, one thing is missing, and that's the father. So for that, Nabi Yusuf says, that okay, my brothers, now you go, means go back home, go back to our father, and take this shirt of mine with you. You place it on the face of my father, and he will become seeing again. His vision will be restored to him, he will become seeing once again. Alright. He will recover his sight. Uh, and then return back to me, come back to me with all of your families. So all of your family means the father, mother, maybe all of their own spouses, their children, bring the whole extended family back to me. Now here what we see is an interesting thing. Listen to this very carefully. What did Nabi Yusuf say now? Obviously Allah can restore the sight of Nabi Yaqub without the shirt. 
So what we see here is a dalil, hujja, proof in Qur'an that the clothing of the Anbiya have barakah in them. So now I want you to imagine, if Nabi Yaqub places the shirt of Nabi Yusuf on his eyes and he regains his sight, then what if a Muslim man puts the sunnah dress of Nabi Kareem on his chest, maybe Allah will grant him a sunnah heart. Surely the sunnah dress of Rasulullah has more barakah, more tasir, more kuwa, more power in it than the sunnah shirt of Sayyidina Yusuf Alright? So there is barakah in these things. There is barakah in the actual clothing and there is barakah in the sunnah clothing that resembles the actual clothing. And just like that, there is barakah in every single sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah Now, in uh, verses 94 to 98, فَصَلَتِ Now, when, all the way from Misr, from Egypt, when the caravan of the brothers returning back to Yaqub departed way far away, Sayyidina Yaqub says, what? Qala, Sayyidina Yaqub says, Abuhum inni la'ajidu riha Yusufa. He says, no, surely I'm getting the scent and fragrance of Yusuf Just the shirt had to move in the direction of Yaqub and he started getting the scent and the fragrance. It's the same thing, a person just moves in the direction of the Sunnah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu He will start getting the scent and fragrance of Taqwa, the scent and fragrance of Haya, oh, the scent and fragrance of Jannah. Hmm? So he says that, and I can sense it, But you may think me to be elderly, senile, you may think this is the whims and fancies of an old man. Tukalu, so the people around him, because the brothers in the caravan, the people who around him, they said, Tallahi inna kalafi kalim. Oh, we swear by Allah that you are by Allah, or you are surely in your old errors, your old ways, in your old fallacies. Falamma anja al bashiru. It means that Alright. I wish, I, I would love, my Urdu isn't at that good. I couldn't do all, I, I'm learning, inshallah. Al-Qareeb, inshallah, my Urdu will be good enough. Some of Quran can learn to learn, to learn the Quran, to learn the Quran, to learn the Quran, to learn the Quran. You understand that we learned the first word of the first word of the first word of the for Tarasa, Loki Hamis, for Nepur Hanan in a game. The Quran, for Hana, Jena, he bought his command of Loki and Sanki. So, may Urdu, Abibi, especially Yaki, Kok, Mazabadas, Hotimikatan. So, Islam, Tertake, Quran, Kedas, and Urdu Minabe. But Ramne Radakia, and for Safi Urdu, Yenimardu, a sea pachasiti sale, which made a kisata of the current of the kisata and his kusofi sultanaka, inshallah, Maku, Quran, put the sirk and our sake then, inshallah, Urdu Medik. I can make that town, may all English made that town. Avia Pusanak Kushkano, English is the mal cutte way we made that town. Islam may Urdu may Galti now, English may be Galti said that town. 
کبھی کبھی ایک آدھ جملہ میں نے آپ کو اردو میں کہہ دیا کیونکہ اس کے انگلش میں اتنا ترجمہ نہیں ہو سکتا ہے یو اے فال یور اون ویز تو اردو میں زیادہ سمجھ میں آتا ہے کہ وہ آپ اپنی پرانی عادتیں میں ابھی بھی جمے ہیں اور جمے رہتے ہیں ٹھیک ہے اللہ That which you do not know means all this time I knew that Nabi Yaqub was alive. That Nabi Yaqub was alive. Another very important lesson on this for the young men and youth who are so fond of science. Oh, Allah, Allah's power transcends science. There's no scientific way that a shirt can restore clothing, uh, restore eyesight. That a shirt can restore eyesight. To know that Allah Ta'ala is powerful, Allah Kunzi Shaykh Kadir. He is powerful over each and everything, and He does not always need to use the man made or the son that man discovered, Allah made scientific processes of cause and effect if He wants to bring something about. Alright? So, this is a miracle known as Mu'jaza that Allah Ta'ala gave to the Anbiya. Kalu! So, the sons they said to their father, Ya Abana, they said, Oh, our father. Ya Abana, stafirlana, dunubana, inna kunna khatid. Our father, please forgive us all of our sins. Indeed, we were all along, we were wrongdoing, we were guilty, we were in error, we were mistaken. Kalu sofa, astafirulakum rabbi. So, Nabi Yaqub Islam said, I will pray for your forgiveness from my Rabb. Innuhu huwa al-ghafoorul raheem. Indeed, he, he is the one who is all-forgiving and he is the one who is all-merciful. Alright? Now we're coming close towards the end. So then, now they, now, then, then they bring Nabi Yaqub Islam back and now is that grand family reunion that will take place in Misr. And when all of them together, the entire extended family, entered Allah Yusufa, um, entered in the presence of Nabi Yusuf. So he took his two parents. He took his two parents with him. And he said, welcome, you enter Misr, enter Egypt, inshallah you will be secure and in peace. Enter Egypt peacefully and securely, if it is the will and wish of Allah subhanahu So he was given a throne in which he was sitting, so he took his two parents up with him and elevated them with him on the platform and the throne. Then all of them fell before, fell prostrate in front of him. All of them went to such that. وَقَالَ ذَا النَّبِي يُسَلَى وَسَلَى يَا أَبَتِي O my dear father, هَذَا تَعْوِيلُ رُؤْيَايَ مِنْ قَبُلُ This is the interpretation of my dream that I had earlier. قَدْ جَعَلَهَا رَبِّي حَقَّى Indeed, my Rabb has made that dream come true. He has made it real. حَقَّى He has made it real and has made it come true. وَقَدْ أَحْسَنَ بِي 
And indeed, my Rabb did Ahsan with me, was tremendously gracious and kind and generous with me. Is the Akhrajani min Sijni when he took me out from the prison. And that he brought all of you from the rural areas where you where, wherever they lived after Shaitan had separated me, after Shaitan had alienated and caused a rift between me and my siblings and my brothers. And Allah Ta'ala is very subtle about bringing about, about making happen that which He wishes and wills to make happen. Indeed, He, He is the all, is the one, all-knowing one, the one who is all-knowing and the one who is most wise. Rabbi, and then he starts making dua to us. So first he was talking to his father. Now he talks to his Rabb. Rabbi, kad ateitani min al-mulki. That, oh my Rabb, indeed you have given me from mulk, from the rule, from some authority, dominion, kingdom, rule. Wa allamtani min ta'wil al-ahadeen. And you have taught me the knowledge of interpreting events and dreams. Fatir al-samawati wal-ard. Or you were the original creator of all of the heavenly realms that lie above and all that lies on earth. And the realm of this earth, Anta fid dunya wal akhirah. Oh Allah, you are my wali, you are my friend, my guardian, my benefactor, my patron. Fid dunya wal akhirah in this world and in the everlasting hereafter. Tawafani Muslima wa al hikni bis salihin. Oh Allah, make sure that I die. Make sure I die and take my soul in a state that I am Muslim. I'm completely submitting to you. And join me with your righteous, pious, virtuous believers and slaves. It was a very important dua. Uh, uh, the second part. Fatir is samawati wal ardi anta waliyi fi dunya wal akhira tawafani muslima wa al-hikni bis-salihin. Alright, so this was the shukr. Nabi Yusuf summed up gloating over his brothers, not taking any vengeance against any of his brothers, in complete shukr and grateful appreciation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he ends by talking to his father, and then he ends with Nabi Yaqub and he ends by making this dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And at verse 101 ends the story of Nabi Yusuf now one interesting thing in this whole story, there is no mention of the mother. And one can only imagine how much sorrow and grief the mother must have had on being separated from her son. Right? And there is no care. So then the ulama given, but there is no definitive reason uh, from the prophetic hadith. But they're all, like I told you, they're all types of biblical accounts and narratives. But we don't know whether those accounts and narratives are true. So I've not actually made use of any of that material in this tafsir. Okay, now from verses 102 to 111 is the conclusion. 102 to 111 is the conclusion. But the, the story you say some ends at 101. The surah has intended. Surah ends at 111. So now for 10 verses, Allah Ta'ala will conclude. First, in 102-104, Allah Ta'ala will talk to Nabi Akareem Sallallahu Allah Ta'ala will talk to Nabi Akareem Sallallahu That all of this and this whole story and narration of Nabi Yusuf is from the accounts of the unseen and unknown and we have revealed this story of Nabi Yusuf which is previously unknown to you, ilayk upon you. 
And you weren't with them. You and the Kareem Sassam, you weren't with them. Is Ajma'u Amrahum Mahum Yamkurun. When they uh, when like the brothers, when they ganged up together in their matters and affairs and when they plotted and connived and schemed against Yusuf. And then Allah Ta'ala tells Nabi Kareem Sallallahu nas, And not the majority of people will not Even no matter how much you deeply desire it The majority of people will not be mu'mineen, Will not become believers You see a Nabi is a Prophet Like any person you want to have at least majority success So Nabi Kareem Sallallahu He wanted everyone should accept Imam Okay, everyone wants, at least most people should accept. But the reality was that Akhtar al-Nasi, they won't, they won't become Mu'mini. And that is true, at the, in the time of Sayyidina the vast majority of people on earth were not believers. And that's been true all the way from his time up till this time. Even today, the majority of people on earth are not believers. Alright? And so this is the way it will be, and this is the way it is. Alright? Oh, 104 to 107, then Allah Ta'ala will make some comments addressed towards the disbelievers. And you, Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sorry, last, uh, 104, what is 104? Three verses addressed to the bottom, 102, 103, 104. And you, Nabi Kareem, says you should not ask them, the disbelievers, for any ajr, for any reward, for any compensation upon narrating to them this story of Nabi Yusuf alayhi salam, revealed by Allah Ta'ala to you. In huwa illa dhikrun lil'alameen. Rather, the story is simply a reminder lil alameen for all of the worlds, to all of the worlds. Whether the Ahl Kitab, Mushrikeen, Insan, Jinn, lil alameen. Now, now for 105, uh, is uh, 105 to 107, Allah Ta'ala is addressing the disbelievers. وَكَأَنْيَمْ مِنْ آيَةٍ فِي السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ يَمُرُّونُ عَلَيْهَا وَهُمْ عَنْهَا مُقْلِدُونَ and how many indeed are there of the signs of Allah Ta'ala in the heavenly realms and on earth that they pass by them, they pass by them, pass upon them, encounter them, but still they turn away from them heedless and they don't use those signs to discover the existence of Allah Ta'ala. وَمَا يُؤْمِنُوا أَكْثَرُهُمْ Same thing, and the vast majority of them will not believe بِاللَّهِ in Allah SWT إِلَّا وَهُمْ مُشْرِكُونَ Without, uh, they will not believe in Allah SWT إِلَّا وَهُمْ مُشْرِكُونَ Save that they will associate partners to Allah SWT So they, even they will the ones who are mushrikeen, they may claim that no, we also believe in a supreme God. Or they associate and ascribe partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Afa'aminu an ta'tiyahum ghashiyatum min azabillahi aw ta'tiyahum as-sa'atu baghdatan baghdatan wa hum la yashurun So Allah ta'ala asks them, Afa'aminu do they themselves feel an aman? Have they been given any guarantee 
Are they so sure that they are safe and secure from what? That Allah Ta'ala may send a tremendous calamity from His punishments. Oh, or that Allah Ta'ala might to bug the tongue that the hour, the end of time will come upon them suddenly. And they will catch them entirely unaware. They will not be unaware, not be able to perceive it. Alright, so these were the three verses, 105 to 107, to the disbelievers. Then in 108, Allah Ta'ala tells the Prophet what to tell the disbelievers. So 102 to 104, Allah Ta'ala is telling the Prophet 105 to 107, Allah Ta'ala telling the disbelievers. 108, Allah Ta'ala telling the Prophet what you should tell the disbelievers, but you say, Qul, proclaim to them, my beloved Nabi Akareem Sallallahu and say, Hadhi sabili adu'u ilallah. That this is my way, this is my path in Deen Islam, Haq, Iman, Hayah. I make dawah to Allah Ta'ala. I call and invite to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Basiratin with full perception based on full clear evidence and hujjah from Allah Ta'ala. Ana, I make dawah like that. And any and every one who chooses to follow me will make dawah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Each and every one whomsoever follows me. And glory to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Exalted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And never ever can I, am I in any way from the mushrikeen, from those who associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this ayah we understand the way of dawah. And this is another tasalli that Allah Ta'ala gave Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that even if the vast majority of humanity aren't accepting now, or many of these mushrikeen aren't accepting now, the work of dawah will end with you. First and foremost, the Sahaba then will take up the dawah. And then anyone and everyone, man ittaba'ani, your muttabi'een, muttabi'een or Rasul, anybody who wants to be viewed as a follower, as someone who follows Sayyidina Rasulullah, he must follow in this path of dawah. To, to be a Nabi is to do dawah, and to be an Ummati of the last and final Nabi is also to do dawah. So it's important that each and every one of us also, to whatever extent we can, to our families, friends, old colleagues, old classmates, enemies, neighbors, anyone, however we can, through action, through deed, through speech, through gifting Islamic books, somehow we must try to constantly call and invite people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَعَا أَرْسَلْنَا And then the last two verses, 109, uh, Three verses are left, 109, 110, And indeed Allah says, we have, and Allah Ta'ala says it, we have not sent down before you, Prophet except men, men here means prophets and messengers, that we reveal to them, we reveal to them, uh, uh, Ahlul Qura, mean Ahlul Qura means Allah sent them to all of the different communities on earth. To all of the settled, populated communities on earth, Allah Ta'ala has sent messengers before to whom He revealed His revelations. That do they not travel across the land and do they not gaze and 
reflect and ponder upon what ultimately was the outcome and what used to befall those who came before them. And indeed the everlasting abode, the next life, the hereafter is infinitely better, is best for those who have taqwa, for those who fear Allah and are conscientious. Don't they then understand? Don't they have sense? Hatta idha stay asal rusulu. That what happened that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala delayed punishment. Hatta, if there's a mazuf here, it means that uh, the anbiya here would keep making dawah, keep making dawah, keep making dawah. Hatta is a stay asal rusulu until those prophets and messengers lost hope in the people accepting dawah. Then they thought that, look, what's going to happen is that they have been falsified. Means that they have been attributed, they have been portrayed as liars. They have been misrepresented, they have been misunderstood. Kudibu, they have been falsified. Ja'ahum nasruna. Now at that point, Allah says, and our mother and our help came to them. So this is again giving the salli to Sayyidina Rasulullah because exactly the same thing was happening to the Prophet prior to Hijrah in the Makki period that people were opposing him so much, weren't accepting Iman and then the Prophet was starting to wonder how is it going to work, how is people going to accept Iman and then they were attributing so many lies to him, falsifying him, magician, soothsayer, poet, etc. So then what will happen? Ja'ahum nasruna <clears throat> and then we saved whomsoever we willed. And nothing can ever avert our punishment. Ba'ts are severe. Our severity is severe. Us are severely taking them to task. Nothing can avert that. From a community of those who are truly guilty of sin. Alright, and again you see the same story is true for another Yusuf al-Islam and Allah is saying the same story is going to be true for Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When Nabi Karim when this verse was revealed to him, uh, I'm sorry, when the surah was revealed to him, this purpose of this surah being revealed to Nabi Karim was to give him this tasalli, was also to keep encouraging him on this path of da'wah. Now, this verse that we just said that Allah saves whomsoever he wills. That was for previous communities. Uh, for Sayyidina Rasulullah Allah promised to save all the Sahaba, the entirety of his companions, the entirety of his community. 
Whereas in previous prophets were tested that they had false followers and true followers, and Allah would only save their true followers. So those of you who have been studying tafsir this month of Ramadan, you would remember about the way the Bani Israel Sahaba, the Sahaba Musa Islam, the Bani Israel Jews, so many of them were untrue, and how few of them were true. Similarly, with Nabi Isa salam, uh, there were a few Hawaliyun who were true to him, and there were so many false followers. But as far as Sayyidina Rasulullah goes, all of his Sahaba come, all of his followers were absolutely completely true. Now the last verses, verse 111. And indeed, in the stories and narratives of all of these previous messengers who were sent by Allah to the respective communities, including the story of Nabi Yusuf which was in this surah, and that there's Ibra. There's lessons and warnings and guidance to take heed from. Li'ud al-albab to the people of Lub. Lub means those people who understand things with their hearts and minds, not only with their mind. Ma kana haditha'in yuftara. And this is not a story that has been invented. Walakin tasdeeq al-ladhi bayna yadehi. But rather it simply confirms that which is already come before and lies in the hands of the Ahlul Kitab with tafsila kulli shay'in and generally the Quran is tafsil kulli shay it is a deep elaboration of all of the things relevant to guidance for hudaw and a guidance itself for rahmatan and a mercy liqaumi yu'minun to a group of people who choose to believe in it so this last part sentence is not just for surah yusuf but it's also for all is about all of quran al-kareem that all of quran simply confirms and as true the previous prophets and messengers and previous scriptures have been revealed and the quran is a tafsil of tafsil kulli shay is elaboration of everything needed for humanity and a guidance and a mercy for the community who believes sallallahu alayhi wa sallam inshallah I think they've made arrangement to pray asr here okay so asr ke intizam anna ya baab mein satin bichayye aur wuzu ki jagah bhi hai so, um, Send me a question and we can send it back if anybody, because there's no time after a question. But if you want to write me a question, you write your WhatsApp number and your email address, and we will get to your questions most likely after Ramadan. We will get back to your question. If you want to ask a question on the Tasir of Surah Yusuf, you're most welcome to write it down and send it to me with your name and either WhatsApp address or email. Uh, other than that, then we may or may not, uh, I'm going to make a confusing announcement. We may or may not do another session like this next weekend. I'm not sure because we're planning to sit in Sunnah Itagaf, which starts at Sunday. Uh, otherwise, we will inshallah have another session on Surah Kahf uh, after Ramadan ends. And we have been teaching to Seer to the young men who are free from universities in the afternoons. We'll be continuing that twice a week in the evenings, sometime after Eid, starting around 10 15th of Shawwal, inshallah.
all right? And so then we plan to complete the whole Quran before next Ramadan, inshallah. Other than that, those of you who live in or near defense, for the next few days we give Bi'an after Salat al-Taraweeh in a house in Zen block. Uh, I don't know myself the number, but the boys will tell you the number, or you have some handout which has it. And that will go until Saturday night. And then starting Sunday, we will be sitting in Sunnah Itikaf in the UMT Masjid, UMT Masjid, which is in or near Johor Town. For security reasons, UMT did not want us to put the word UMT on the flyer. This is what I was told by someone. So that's why maybe it says Jami Masjid, Johor Town, because it is a big masjid. It is in Johor Town, but it's the UMT Masjid. All right. Uh, and anybody who wants to sit with us for the full 10 days at the Kaaf, you're welcome. You want to just come on a night, odd night, sometime. The Bayan schedule over there will be as follows. 12 noon, we will give a talk in English, mostly for the overseas audience who listen online. After Asr, every day we will give Bayan in Urdu, and you can join us for Iftar at Maghrib. And at night, after Tarawih, there will be also a smaller Urdu Bayan. So full bayan, Urdu bayan, inshallah, from Asr to Maghrib, about a 30 to 40 minute Urdu, shorter bayan after Taraweeh, and an English bayan at 12 noon. And the rest of the time will obviously be spent in ibadah, because that is the main purpose of itikaf, to increase one's ibadah. You can spend time with us making ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can come as much as you want. So the next few days, it depends. Last 10 days, starting soon, Sunday Asr, we'll start the program in Johor Town, UMT Masjid. And today is what Sunday. So from Sunday to Saturday night will be the post Tanawibiyah. And those of you who are free in the daytime and you like to hear Tafsir, so we do do Tafsir every day at 3 o'clock in the same DHA Z block venue. Uh, that will continue until Sunday, inshallah. So that's all your announcements. Make the Asamana the Milan of Ahabalam, the Sunday of Asinunam, Hamad of Aral, Sinunam, Hamad of Abadi, the Sunday, Rabbana, the Namna, and the Pusana, where in them to fill the now with the Hamna, the Kuna, the Kosidina, Yada, Yerim Bikri, Mohammed Kurana Krinki, Hidayatata for Ma, Kurana Krinki, Samajata for Ma, Kuran for Amun the Seed for Ma, Hamari Puri Zinni, Kuran, Kimotabi, Mana, Yerim Bikri, Najane, Hamisi, Kitne, Heki, Pitsne. ماضی میں بہت شہر کی گناہ کیے بہت شہر کے معاملے ہمارے سامنے آئے ہم یہ دو الفاظ بولنے بھول گئے ہم سے معاذ اللہ نے بولا گیا ہم اس وقت آپ یاد نہ رہے ہم آپ سے معافی مانتے ہم شرمندہ ہے یا نبی کریم ہمیں اپنی شرمندگی سے نکال کر اپنے بندگی عطا فرما آئندگی ہر شرم والے موقع سے ہمیں محفوظ فرما اپنی حفاظت عطا فرما اس وقت ہمیں اپنی یاد دہانی فرما ذکر کی توفیق عطا فرما تقوی داری نصیب فرما خوف خدا نصیب فرما خشیت اللہی نصیب فرما یا نبی کریم اولا ہمیں گناہوں کے موقع سے دور فرما گناہوں کے موقع سے محفوظ فرما گناہ کرنے والے سے بچا گناہ والی سوچ سے پاک فرما گناہ والے خواہشات سے پاک فرما گناہ کو محول سے پاک فرما ہمارے گروہ میں نیکی کو محول نصیب فرما ہمارے دفاتر ادارے میں نیکی کی محول نصیب فرما یا نبی کریم ہمارے پورے اس معاشرت میں نیکی کو 
माहौल नसीब फरमा याद करीम हम कभी भी किसी के साथ ना इंसाफी भी कई दफ़ा कर चुके हैं हमें जुल्म से माफ फरमा वामी आंदी बिक्री माजल्ला आपने नुस्खा दे दिया आपने अमल दे दिया आपने जिक्र सिखा दिया यार बिक्रीम इसकी याद दहानी नसीब फरमा इसी माजल्ला के अमल पर हमें इस्तेमत नसीब फरमा आइंदा किसी बेहयाई में पढ़ने से महफूज फरमा किसी भी बे नासाफ़ी बे इतदाली से करने से महफूज फरमा बिक्रीम नबी यूसफ़रदार हमें फरमा मिसल उनकी हयात हमें नसीब फरमा उनकी मिसल आदात सिफात हमें अथा फरमा तमाम नबीन सदीन शहदा सालहन के हालात हयात ज़िंदगी से इबरत हासिल करने नसीब फरमा हमारी ज़िंदगी को उनकी ज़िंदगी के नक्श कदम में चलने नसीब फरमा प्यार नबी करीम प्यारे नबी करीम सल्लम की हया में था फरमा उनके बातनी आदाब अखलाक सिफात नसीब फरमा प्यार नबी करीम बहुत दफ़ा पहले भी कुरान समझ चुके हैं पहले भी कुरान पढ़ चुके हैं इस दफ़ा हमें अमर की तोफ़ी नसीब फरमा इस दफ़ा कुरान को हमारे सीने में हमारे कल में उसका नूर नसीब फरमा उसको नानी अमर नसीब फरमा प्यार नबी करीम नबी करीम सन्नासम की सुन्नतों का इश्क अदा फरमा सुन्नत अपनाने की नीयत इरादा नसीब फरमा इस नीयत इरादा पर इस्तेमत नसीब फरमा हमारे ज़ाहिर को नबी करीम सन्नासरी सुन्नतों से मुजैन फरमा और हमारे बातिल को उनके अदाब अखलाक सिफात से मनवर फरमा नबी करीम हमारे रमज़ान को कबूल फरमा रोज़े को कबूल फरमा नमाजों को कबूल फरमा रमज़ान में जो तकवा मकसूद है हमें ये मकसूदी तकवा नसीब फरमा आपकी तमाम रहमत कामिल मफ़रत कामिल हिदायत जो आपने रमज़ान में खूब बरसाते हैं या रब करीम वो तमाम तर अनवरा बरकत हमें भी नसीब फरमा रब करीम जो बकिया दिन रात हैं रमज़ान के उनको कमा हको एहसन अंदाज गुजारने से गुजारने के लिए कबूल फरमा रब बनातेमिन तुम बोलेना